morning. It is a Friday edition of Glenn Clark Radio. I am Glenn. He is Griffin. And if it's Friday, that means Pressbox's chief grand poobah, Stan the Fan, is in the house. What's going on, Ooh. sir? Hello, boys. Everything good? Yeah, everything's good. You saw me eat my donut. Yep, that means we know it's going to be a good day. You witnessed the eating of the donut. Today is uh, Young Micah's final day with us. So um, I believe uh, we exchanged jerseys at the end of the program is how that works. Rocking, is that an Earl Campbell throwback? Yeah. yeah. Look yeah, at that. Well, it's a like Christmas sweater of, version of an Earl Campbell. Yeah. Uh, that's like the days of the Houston Oilers. Love you, Blue. Yeah, I'm a big Oilers fan. You lo- old school from Oilers my, guy. My back then. I don't think the Oilers <laughs> existed in your life. I'm pretty sure they were gone, daddy gone. I think the Texans should change their name. I mean, I, I, I assume the problem is that the Titans own the rights to all of that, but. That's hard to imagine they'd. I mean, they'd you say really, that is, they'd, they'd look really bad, you know. I I believe all of the Oilers' history, all of the records, all of the um, the yeah, retired I, players. I believe all of it exists in Nashville, which goes back to the yeah. Their the, history isn't that great, though. I that's mean, fair. Yeah. But this also goes to the insane debate that we've had over the years with the Ursay family about yeah. the history of the Colts. And, yeah. Anyway, uh, Micah, uh, we will. Uh, you did you prepare your musical number for the end of the show today? I know I, you've been working on I, that all semester. We yeah. said that today would be talent show day. Yeah, I think I've got it nailed down. All right, good. Finally, all right, so. we'll get to that at the end of the show. Coming up on the program today, uh, we will preview Browns Ravens. Gerard Cherry from the Browns Radio Network, Press Box Ravens beat writer Bo Smolka will check in with us. We will meet uh, new Towson football coach Pete Shinnick, who is a Baltimore native, has quite a connection to this area. What is the connection with Gerard Cherry and Cleveland? Uh, Wife's family? I believe that that's the story, yeah. is okay. that his, wa- or his wife at least went there for a job or something. Okay. Something involving his wife brought him to Cleveland from his career right. with the Patriots. Okay. And he stuck around and ended up doing radio and... I, maybe not all that dissimilar to Vinny Serrato, who I'm sure a lot of people drive through Baltimore, and they're like, why in the world is Vinny this Serrato guy with no connection to Baltimore right. whatsoever doing radio in Baltimore? Right. Uh, Gerard Cherry has no real connection to Cleveland. Oh, but so Gerard Cherry's wife is a doctor? A surgeon, exactly a surgeon. right. Nailed it. Nailed it. That's the exact reason. <laughs> it's exactly the same. Um, yeah, we'll do that. We'll preview the game. Pete Shinnick will join us. We got segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show with Devin Duvernay all on tap on the program today. How's the calendar selling so far? I, they don't give me updates, Stan. I don't. I don't. I don't get it's daily ridiculous. updates it's on ridiculous. the. It is available, of course, at boysofhamden.com. Uh, Griffin, you want to show everybody one more time the uh, lovely boys of Hamden calendar there behind and it you? It benefits the Hamden. That's correct. Family the, Center. Hamden, Hamden Family, Family Center. Center is who it goes to benefit. You do not get to see we the show picture. Some certain months? No, no. We should not. You do not get to see the picture of Stan and I unless you purchase the calendar. Very simple. Nobody gets a taste. Yeah, I am in there. Uh, move over one. No, that's not me. Nope. Yeah, there I am. That's me there on the calendar. <laughs> Um, but you do not get to see the picture of Stan and I. We don't give away the goods for free. You got to pay. It's a charity thing. Order your calendar, boysofhamden.com, in order to see the goods inside. Stan the Fan and I are the September cover models. Our friends over at KNS Associates, who mm-hmm. I've known a mere the owner a long, long time, since uh, like 
1990, probably. Wow. Wow. That definitely years, predates yeah. Mike and Griffin. Yeah. That definitely yeah. is yeah. longer than they've been alive, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, no, they do a wonderful job uh, coordinating it every year, and we are happy to be a part of it. Especially um, our friend David. Yes, Dave Share, of course. No question about it. We thought he might What's be able his to stop. Last by name? Dave Share. Share, right? Yeah. Thought he might be able to stop by the studio this morning, but that might not work out as, uh, unfortunately, Dave's mother passed away recently, so we're thinking about Dave. And, I'm sorry to hear that. I yeah, know that. yeah, we're thinking about Dave and his family, um, but uh, we appreciate him including us in this year's Boys of Hand in Calendar. All right, uh, Stan. Did I, you get your check yet? No, it's weird. I did not get my check. Yeah. I think it might be one of those things that after all the sales, maybe yeah. that's when we get our... Our cut of the, I don't no, know how I that works. No, I was curious if you had gotten yours because I got mine. Oh, you got yours? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. strange. That's really weird how that went. You didn't even show up for the cover shoot. This is really not, strange. I think Dave felt guilty because I was not informed of the cover oh, shoot. Oh, oh, is there yeah. a, oh boy. You know what? Maybe By we should. either Dave or Mi Glenn Clark. Now, wait yeah. a second. I can't yeah. go through and see who all is on this text. There's 100 people on this text right. thread. Mm -hmm. I'm not going through and right. checking every single one of them. Okay. That is not happening. Okay. I'm just saying. This is not on me. I'm not in charge of anything. I'm not in charge anymore. That's the way it works. Today, however, what we can talk about is it's finally here. Liftoff has arrived in Baltimore. We, we, we doubted it. We didn't know. We said, hmm. Does this qualify? We redefined. But today, or yesterday technically, is the day that liftoff has arrived. The Orioles went out and got themselves an all-star from 2021. Adam Frazier, baby. Everything's changing. Everything. It's a whole new ball of wax here in Baltimore. Now that they've gone out and they, they got, ladies and gentlemen, we got him. They got their guy. We got him. Um... All of the other stuff aside, give me your thumbnail on Adam Frazier, and then we'll talk about the big picture. Uh, a small positive uh, acquisition. Uh, again, talked about the fact that this club gets on base at a 305 clip as a team. Okay, that includes everybody from Tyler Nevin to Anthony Santander to Adley Rutschman. The good, the bad, and the ugly figured out the 305. Uh, there are quite a few seasons that Mr. Uh, uh, quite a few seasons that Mr. Uh, Frazier, Frazier, Mr. Mm -hmm. Frazier uh, had an on-base percentage. Now this goes back a couple of years: 17, 18, and 19. His best season in the majors was 21 mm -hmm. with the uh, Pirates and San Diego. Yep. But his um, on-base percentages in 2017, 18, and 19 were 344, 342, 336. His batting average in those three seasons, 276, 277, 278. Mm -hmm. Okay? Um, I mentioned when they picked up Jake Cave, who was no longer a part of the Oriole family, that uh, that again, you don't— I haven't, I haven't gotten over you, it. I'm you still mad. I know I'm that. still mad. I know that. But you don't get from 305 to 320 as a team by just acquiring Barry Bonds, you know, and having a guy that is he available? <laughs> let me tell you something. He could still. I have no he doubt. Could still help this team. Still, um, if they could find a hat to fit him, that's true. Uh, well, they but, get that guy from Washington. The game Brian Robinson has had a couple weeks. Right, ago. right They right. find that guy. Uh, but it's a, it's a small addition, and I'll tell you the the most interesting thing about him is his versatility. 
capable of playing any of the three outfield positions, mostly corner on occasion, but also plays first base. So they're not going to watch Ryan Mountcastle swing and miss every time he's facing a a Garrett Cole Mm -hmm. or, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, somebody right-handed and good. This guy might play as many as 15, 25 games at first base unless they trade Urias, you know. But to me, I can see that lineup on certain days because Urias didn't seem to have a huge drop-off from right to left-handed batters. We could check that. But if Urias is on this team, you could see days where Urias is at second, Frazier's at first, or if Mountcastle's hitting well, there might be a day where Austin Hayes takes a day off, you know, against a tough right-handed pitcher, and Adam Frazier plays left field. So, so, but is your assumption that he's the primary second baseman to start the I season? I would say that he's the primary second baseman. I think he'll probably play 115 games at second base, maybe maybe to 125. The look, there's no to me. There's not there's not really an argument against necessarily. It's the other it's the other stuff that we're talking about. The what your expectations were. Yeah, I mean and this is that. this is not. But it, but this is a big improvement. Now, granted, I I laughed when they signed Roofnet Odor last year. By the end of the year, I really liked Roofnet Odor. He played he, a role. He, he, played, he played an a... important role. What this guy's role is to be a little bit more productive on the field and maybe show some uh, – in listening to Eduardo Perez on mm-hmm. the way in with Jim Bowden and Steve uh, Phillips, uh, they were talking about this acquisition. Again, they called it a small uh, positive move. But this is a guy who his best feature, Glenn, aside from what I mentioned with his versatility, is his at-bats are, hard, are, are tough. In other words, he doesn't strike out. I think, I think out. his best feature is his jawline. It's striking. It's just striking. <laughs> That's true. But he, he does not strike out much. You know, this yeah. is a guy who puts the ball in play, and that's something a young team like the Austin Hayes and the Ryan Mountcastles they could do well to watch a guy like this perform a little bit. So, uh, two thoughts. First of all, today's show is brought to you by the Baltimore County Police Department. Now, they have extended through next Friday. You still have time to get your non-perishable food items, your unwrapped toys, to any of the area Baltimore County Police Department precincts. You can drop them off there, as well as at Glory Days Grill here across the street in Towson. If I brought some stuff in, would you be able to take it over would for ha- me? I would happily do that all for right, you, Sam. There might be... It might be like, you know, okay. a Warren or something. Oh, yeah. oh, I didn't even think about that. Wow, is that still that the statute of limitations yeah. hasn't come up on that? No, no. Okay, but but hang on a second. That donkey said you were fine. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Um. Anyway, the moral of the story is we want you to help support them. Also, if you've been thinking about a career change, they have very competitive salaries, and they are hiring in the Baltimore County Police Department right now. Salaries over sixty thousand dollars for officers. Over thirty sixty thousand. Yeah, it might be time for us. 100%. I might have to stop over. I, there. I already passed the test. I'm in. Thir- over thirty thousand dollars for a cadet. So if you know someone out of high school that maybe has not found their footing just yet in their life, encourage them. Uh, Mike is doing well. Mike is about to graduate from Stevenson. He's doing. He's doing. Mm-hmm. Fu- Although it still would be a you good. You think he's going to start at sixty thousand dollars a year? I think, unfortunately, he start as a cadet, so he'd be starting more at like the uh, just like, over thirty thousand like, dollars a year, and then he would build up to being an officer, right. and making over sixty thousand dollars a year. Whereas here, of course, you have the opportunity to make hundreds of dollars a year. Yeah. <laughs> really, is yeah. all the opportunities in front of you at Press Box. Mm-hmm. 
What? Oh, are we doing that? We having the goofy Hello. problem? There oh. we go. There's Mike. I was gonna say that's like thirty thousand more dollars than I'm making. That's right correct. Now, that's so. exactly what the number is. Plus signing bonus of uh, ten thousand dollars. <laughs> whereas uh, we gave Mike a signing bonus of a million dollars. Do so you get a know. signing bonus? You do. You do. So what would bonus. stop us from going over there? Like kind of like <laughs> and then and then deciding like signing a weekend for a new betting exactly right. Then one weekend we're like you know. This yeah, isn't for no, me. Sure. I'm guessing there's some fine print there, yeah. Stan, if I had to yeah. guess. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com is the website to find I, out more. I hear, I hear though, that they allow you, and I know I'm interrupting You're the good. commercial. You're good. But, <laughs> You're good. But I understand they allow you to take the $10,000 and bet and you it can bet any it, right. of the bet <laughs> points. You know, or and a lot of these places will match your bets. first deposit, yeah, exactly. so you got that going for you. Um, Stan, to go back to this thought, there's two things here. The first being... Did the, you oh, finish your commercial? I did. We're good okay. on the Baltimore uh, County. We love them. Thank you. Yes. Thank you to them. Love yep. them. Um, the thought that I got from a few people, I know our, our own Paul Valley, who you'll be on with tomorrow morning, mm-hmm. is one of them. The argument being, at this point, instead of Frazier, why wouldn't you just give that opportunity to Jordan Westberg? Why wouldn't you just give that opportunity to Westberg and then maybe Connor Norby as the season goes on? How much better are you with Frazier instead of just continuing to bring up your own prospects? It's a very fair question, and I think the – I talked to Luke about this yesterday. I mean, he just interjected. He goes, this is a great insurance policy. Look, if Jordan Westberg comes up at, at in spring training and just – Yeah, is, rips the cover uh, off the ball, the cover lights the world on fire. They'll find a way to, to make Frazier worthwhile, mm-hmm. you know, in other capacities, you know. So – I don't think he's blocking the player. I think he's insurance that, you know, maybe, look, maybe Westberg ends up playing some shortstop. You don't know. You know. Okay, where Gunner plays third? And then well, Gunner was going to play third. Right. It's Mateo. Right. That if, would be kind of Mateo's lost in the hitting, you know, yeah. maybe Westberg and takes over a little bit of that. To me, that's the point. The number here doesn't mean that Adam Frazier has to. To play every day, like this is not a thing where if if other guys are all performing, right, they can all play. Yep, this is not an unwieldy. I mean, you've got DH at bats. Correct. Who would you much rather have DH Anthony Bemboom or mm, I don't or know Adam, or Adam Frazier? Boy, that's a you know. that's a good one, man. <laughs> yeah, and the other his name isn't Bemboom, so yeah. Like, the the other possibility is maybe they know that they that that Urias has a real value out on the market that if they package, you know, Austin Voth and him together and make maybe there's a deal to be had for that pitcher maybe. instead of spending twelve or fourteen so, million dollars. So let's for go to the uh, the other side of it obviously is yeah. the disappointment that the fan base is feeling because Carlos Erdan is now officially off the market. The Orioles were in on him. It's very clear. We were told a hundred times yeah. they were. I mean, every reporter in baseball kept pointing out the Orioles were in on I Carlos love how Erdan. Scott was pro- Scott Boris oh, was propping no up the Orioles are uh, uh, talking uh, to me all the time. But he used saying, a, he used a bird pun to describe yeah. them. They're they're flying, winged up, winged yeah, up, feathered, feathered up feathered up, something up. like that. Yeah. God. Um, they so, called every day and said, does that price drop down? So Rodon's <laughs> off the market. We're down to basically Michael Waka or Johnny Cueto. But we know. haven't heard them connected to Cueto no, no, anyway. No, we haven't the only, heard them. We've heard Waka's yeah, name. Waka's one the time. only one that yeah. they've been connected to right. uh, by a couple of different reporters now. If the offseason ends up being Waka, Gibson, and Frazier. Uh, uh, it's a positive. It's a positive. It's not great. But look, let's be honest. The po- the real positivity with the Baltimore Orioles is going to be 
Adley Rutschman, a full year behind the plate, improving a little bit what he does batting right-handed, and Gunnar Henderson establishing himself as a near-level star or star in year one. Santander and Mullins doing what they did, you know, 320 on base percentages. But the real thing that they need to happen is Mountcastle really come in and grab this job once and for all and shake it and own it, you know. That's what that's where the potential is right now offensively for this team is Mountcastle and Hayes improving a great deal. I think it's important that it would still involve Waka. I think Waka does become critical because it's still in that moment. Oh, there's no question <laughs> I won't Waka. Right, no right now, I would still say at this point, you just shuffle the deck chairs, right? Like I To say that they're incrementally better, that, right. that Gibson could be better than Lyles, that Frazier could be better yeah, than Odor. You need that second sure. veteran starter. But they're still, for the most part, shuffling the deck chairs and bringing back the same team. To argue for improvement. It was nice of you not to say shuffling the deck chairs. Deck chairs on the Titanic. Correct. Well, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not interested in. Oh God, I hope not. I pray that's <laughs> not the case. Um, I I think that Waka would be. You could argue would be an actual again, not significant improvement, but potential potentially improvement. significant improvement. Um, I think it's fair to say he could potentially, potentially be a significant. Potentially, he's better than Matt Harvey at this point. Uh, Way there better. is there is no doubt about yeah. that. So that. That, to me, is still significant in how I look at this. I get it. There will be people that will still say. There was a really interesting piece written, written at the Baseball Prospectus this week, uh, and I apologize. I can't remember who wrote it off the top of my head. But compared and said the Orioles should have been doing what the Padres did. They should have been recognizing you don't know to, to, to wait this out. and dis- It might have been Mike Mark Normandin who wrote it. To wait this out and say, when we'll sign players, we'll spend the money when we know the team is ready. Mm-hmm. Well, you have no idea if the players are going to be available to be signed when you know the team is ready. You, right. you can't say with certainty who's going to end up being available a year from now. Mm-hmm. You can't say with certainty that you're going to be able to get in. The Padres were not ready yet when they signed Manny Machado. They weren't there as a team, but they thought they were coming as a team. Now, what the Padres done is cl- proven to be completely insane. I mean, they're just spending they're, they're just you, done, you know yeah. gobs of money. I don't think there's any world in which the Orioles will ever become – I mean, the Padres have become the Dodgers. I don't think the Orioles are ever going to do that. Right. But the idea of spending ahead of time, of saying, hey, we're not there yet – but we're going to do it anyway because we have the opportunity to because it's a robust free agent market and we think we should be able to get one of these players that helps us significantly for years to come. In On paper, I can't argue with that. The practicality side of it, the not knowing how much the lawsuit is impacting whether the Orioles can spend money, these things are all unfortunately a little bit too real for me to be able to condemn the Orioles for not doing it. It was a uh, Mark Normandin. That's that's what I yeah. Mark Normandin wrote this piece for Baseball Perspectives. Yeah. But I get it. This is what happens when you use a word like liftoff. You allow a fan base to yeah. then judge your your actions by that word instead of whether or not it's a reasonable. He, you know, he said, <clears throat> if you remember the conversation where he said zero to, um, he said the, uh, from here on in it's liftoff. It's liftoff from here. But 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 then he said, well, we're not going from zero to 60. Right. I never believed that the Orioles were in on some kind of mysterious chase of Aaron Judge or Jacob deGrom or Carlos Rodon or Verlander. Mm-hmm. But I think the fact that they they did not tender bids on any of these other pitchers that Bassett we know about, and, you know, right. Bassett 
and uh, Mania, Syndergaard. Yep. You know, and apparently Syndergaard has said that he was offered more money and for a longer term, he wanted to pitch for the Dodgers. Okay. So, Men did. Uh, but you know, again, it's funny what liftoff means to different people. To me. I would have loved to have seen them sign, as I mentioned a couple times a couple weeks ago. Ryan Yarborough got three million plus a million bonus from you know incentives mm-hmm. from Kansas City. I'll take him. Right, I would have taken him in a heartbeat I'd- over Joey Crable. Or you know uh, Nick Vespi. I don't think or it, something like that. I, it's almost a weird thing that we're kind of not talking about the bullpen. That yeah. that we by the end of the season. I we don't felt- like the fact that there's, and I'll tell you why, Glenn, because I think whomever doesn't make it out right. of spring training as a starter right. is it, is it Wells, Voth, mm-hmm. one of them's going to. Po- Factor into the particularly bullpen. if they end up signing one more starter. Yeah. If they do end if up signing sign a Michael Waka, then and and also us not knowing exactly when Grayson Rodriguez is going to be ready. Um, well, Luke, our editor, uh, smart baseball guy, says that that's really the key why they need more options, not less options, because Rodriguez's presence in the rotation at the beginning of the year shouldn't shouldn't rule you out. From another pitcher because you don't want Grayson Rodriguez to be bordering on 140 or 150 innings pitched. He threw 75, 80 innings it's last tough, year. Yep. You want him at 120, 125 because remember, at the end of the year, if all things work out, yes, you're in the playoffs. In the yep, and you don't, you, you want don't want to be to shutting pitch. him down. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah. Don't want to be shutting down Grayson Rodriguez. Yeah. I lost Steven Strasburg once If, if the club is good during the year, he will most likely, um, Grayson Rodriguez, be shut down at some point in the season. You know, for or, a, or they'll skip. Th- they'll be an turn. IL yeah, stint. Something. You know, for a, a knee thing. You know, something like that. I get that. Yeah. I get that. Hey, uh, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, you can save $100 when you use the code TAILGATE at ginsugrills.com. It is the perfect ceramic home grill or tailgate for grilling, searing, baking, smoking, any kind of food. Ginsugrills.com. Use that code TAILGATE. Save $100. I got to say something about the Ginsu Grill. Yes. It is the star of our picture. That is true. And the oh. boys of Handen calendar, very much, yeah. very significant. Oh, you know what? Actually, that, that wasn't the picture they used. That's right. Yeah, that's they right. use a different <laughs> But still, it would have been the star. It would have been. It was the star of the wait, day. Wait to, until you see the outtakes. Yeah. <laughs> wait until you see that, The every, outtakes calendar yeah, is right? worth a lot uh, more. It's, that's going to be the collector's item. Yeah. Uh, Ravens-Browns coming up tomorrow uh, in Cleveland. Joining us now, this man obviously is Super Bowl champion. Now he is part of the Browns radio broadcast team. He is a longtime friend of ours. He's Mr. Gerard Cherry, and he's with us now here on GCR. Gerard, it's Glenn and Stan the Fan Charles in Baltimore. It's great to chat with you, man. Merry Christmas. Thank you for taking the time for us. Yeah, no problem, man. Pleasure to be with you guys. So, you know, it's it's a weird conversation, right? Because I know that the Deshaun Watson conversation from I, – I can only imagine what it's like doing radio in Cleveland this year because it's far bigger and, and far more encompassing. But from a sheer football perspective, what have you seen in Deshaun Watson – is there a danger that before this season is over, Deshaun Watson on the football field could wake up tomorrow morning and be Deshaun Watson again when he faces the Baltimore Ravens? Oh, there's a big possibility of that. <laughs> because what I saw from a jump he made from the Houston game to what he did against the Bengals as far as getting more comfortable 
and the nuances of being a quarterback, the leadership in the huddle, your body language, how you motivate guys and encourage guys, you start seeing that. And then to the bread and butter of it all, footwork was much better. Wasn't throwing balls in the dirt. Made some really great off-schedule plays as well. So the promise is certainly there. You saw it. The question now is, is he now at that place of conditioning, physically, mentally, and emotionally? And I think he's getting there. So there's a possibility with that. But the one thing that you got going for yourselves as Ravens fans and supporters and discussers is that your defense is one of the best in the National Football League. And the acquisition of Smith has been nothing but great for you guys. So we are having major issues on our offensive line right now. And we got a few guys banged up. So really, as you know, the quarterback position, you need guys around you to support you. And the supporting cast is kind of beat up right now here in Cleveland. Uh, yeah, to your point, Gerard, on paper, and one of the things that's encouraging the Ravens fans in a game where they're not like they're not going to have Lamar Jackson is exactly what you just bring up. This defense, you could say the strength of the Browns, I think we would agree, is running the football with Nick Chubb. And if the strength of the Ravens defense is stopping the run. Now, I get it. Nick Chubb is a different animal. He's not like other dudes. But it seems like purely on paper, and I, you know more than anyone, the game isn't played this way, but purely on paper, the Ravens should have an advantage of the Browns' strength versus what they do. Oh, certainly. Certainly. The Browns right now, and to his credit, Yalta Froholt is his name. He is our fourth-string center, and he's done an admirable job considering he's our fourth-string center. So, and right there, and then Wyatt Teller, our all-pro guard, he's been dealing with injury. He's trying to come back from that. And our tackles have been off and on. One, Cochran has been dealing with recovering from an injury from last season. So our offensive line, which is normally our strength, which I would normally put up against anyone, a late Nick Chubb went from averaging 5.6 yards a carry to now it's in the twos and the threes. So, yeah, you really should, from a Ravens standpoint, be encouraged that strength versus strength, yours is much stronger right now. Gerard, uh, question uh, about the Ravens' defense from your perspective. You've seen Patrick Queen play over the past couple of years, haven't you? Yes, I have. Okay. Is it just that the, that the clock went off and, and it was his time to start to be good, or can a player coming in like Roquan Smith really help him that much to where he is now playing? Not only do you get – Roquan Smith playing at a high level. You have Patrick Queen raising his game. Was it just timing, or or could Roquan's presence be what helped him? I'm going to give more of it to Roquan's presence because, and to credit Patrick, he was doing some really good things prior to Smith getting there. You saw the promise. You saw the potential of it being something that, hey, if it, if it all comes together, this guy could be something special. But you correct me if I'm wrong. Since Smith has been there, has he not been playing lights out? Other, other he's he's been playing been, like an all-pro. Yeah. yeah. Has he not been making more plays? So that callus has to be attributed, in my mind, to Smith. And what happens is when you vibe with someone and you have that position where it's like, okay, one, you're both competitive, you want to get the job done, and on top of that, you're learning from a veteran, a mm-hmm. guy who's played at a high level. On top of that, so you're observing him and you're saying, you know what, I'm going to borrow that, I'm going to take that, and I'm going to learn from that. And all that wounds up making you a much better player if you embrace it the right way. And that's exactly what he's doing. I hate the fact I'm getting excited about describing it because it's going to play against my team, <laughs> but that's exactly what's taking place. 
Gerard's, uh, he's auditioning to be the Ravens color analyst. Yeah, if, next Rod, year. if Rod moves on, it'll be time for, for Gerard to take the job. Uh, he is Gerard Cherry. He's with us here on uh, Glenn Clark Radio. Gerard, to your point, I mean, I, our expectations were high for Roquan Smith here in Baltimore. Like, it was Roquan. Somehow he's surpassed he's that. He's exceeded it. I mean, like, it, this has been a revelation, this dude showing up in Baltimore. He is. You know, it, there are people in town that are willing to invoke comparisons to Ray Lewis. I'm not ready to go there yet, but I get it. He's been that good. Yeah, he has been that good, and I get why people want to make that comparison. And the reason why you make that comparison is because what is he doing? He's causing everyone around him on the defense to play at a higher level. Isn't that not what Ray did? He's bringing on that leadership, mm-hmm. that component. And really, it's kind of interesting because you know how most teams miss that quarterback, the Dolphins, we're going to be that guy to find and replace Marino. You have here in Cleveland, what I figure is going to be Watson, but Bernie Kozar never really replaced him. And really, when you think about the situation with the Ravens on the defensive side, you never really found a guy to replace Ray. And so much of what he meant to the football team and his identity and Ravens football and the culture, because that culture hasn't changed. And that's one of the reasons why you guys still win games 13 to 6 or 10 to 3 and crazy things like that, because you're a tough minded football Team, and when you have that guy right there smack in the middle who's playing that middle linebacker position, who has those nose tackles protecting him and allowing him to fly around and make plays, sideline to sideline, and then aggressive with it, that's the identity of the Ravens. It's a, a – Flacco kind of changed it. And Lamar, it definitely plays a part in it. But I think ultimately you're like the Steelers at your best when your defense is centric and you have your best playmakers on that side of the ball. So, Gerard Cherry, all this being said, what is the blueprint, right? Like, these teams played early this season. It ended up being very competitive. It was a three-point game. Now Deshaun Watson is on the field. What is the blueprint for the Browns to be able to kind of derail the Ravens' hopes of winning the AFC North tomorrow? Well, it's what I've said and hasn't changed because when I was playing for the Patriots, Love the matchups against the Ravens. And the reason why you love the matchups against the Ravens is because if you're all about the idea that you want to play against the best and tough, physical-minded football teams who are not going to back away, who are going to step up to the challenge, that was the Ravens. It was then, and, and it's still the case now. You beat the Ravens by beating the Ravens up. You have to be more physical than the Ravens. You have to force the Ravens into making mistakes and showing them that you're not going to back down to the different things that – players may do to try to intimidate you you have to be the more physical team and you have to execute more and turn over more create more turnovers and not have penalties it's really that simple on how you beat the ravens and if you do score especially with the situation right now with you guys lacking explosive plays that's definitely the blueprint you gotta score quick and early and then be physical for the entirety of the game because if you're not you're not gonna quit you'll nickel and dime your way to three points here three points there next thing you know you find a score being 15 to 14 so that's how you beat the Ravens. Hey, Gerard, a question about the, the Browns football franchise right now. If these were, quote-unquote, just normal times, I would think that Kevin Stefanski was really on the hot seat. But yet, I don't get any sense that he is at all. Are they willing to weather these couple bad years because of now the acquisition of Deshaun Watson and give Stefanski the time he needs to really have a fair shot at turning this franchise around? I think that is exactly the case because last season you're going to blame it on Baker Mayfield being hurt. This year, the distraction of Deshaun Watson. But the one thing that Kevin has to concern himself with is what's taking place in that 
the offense hasn't been an issue this year, even with Jacoby Brissett. The problem has been special teams is not playing up to a level, defense not playing up to a level, and the team itself, he being an offensive-centric and play-calling head coach, the question around here in Cleveland is, well, is it too much for him because the team as itself is not growing, it's not getting any better, it's undisciplined, it's not taking care of business and losing a bunch of games it should win. Is it a coaching issue? So I say right now I feel he's safe, but say they were to lose these next four games in blowout scenarios against teams that you should technically win, not saying against you guys, but like the Saints, you should probably win that matchup. Mm-hmm. And then the Steelers, you should probably win that matchup. But if you find yourself losing those games and you get blown out in the process, then who knows what's going to be the case. All right, before I let you go, Gerard, the one thing that jumps out to me, the Ravens got J.K. Dobbins back last week, and they were dominant on the ground again. Uh, the Browns' bottom also 10. also got back Ronnie Stanley. certainly helps, yeah. there's no doubt. The Browns' bottom 10 in the league, allowing 4.8 yards per carry. Should the Ravens be able to find more success on the ground against Cleveland tomorrow? Uh, yes, because you're dealing with a situation where you're down to guys we just recently brought off the street are now starting their linebacker for us. And some guys that were backups are now getting an opportunity to play. So it's been an issue all year long, run fits and things of that nature. So why would you not? I've, I've been saying it's really going to be a simple game plan if you're the Ravens. You're going you're gonna to do the RPOs, but throw the pass part out. Just call it RO, run option. <laughs> so just, you have to test it and see. See what this team is. Do you want to play this physical brand of football? And it's going to be extremely cold on top of that. And tough guy wins. So I expect it to be one in which you do run the football. How could you not when you consider what we've been giving up in the running game of late? And I think I saw what wind gusts up to like 18 miles an hour tomorrow as well in Cleveland. So it seems like it all sets up for a dominant. I'm betting the under tomorrow between the Browns yeah, and the smart move. Is that smart bro- move. Is that broadcast booth, Gerard? Is it covered? I mean, enclosed? Well, I'll be on the yeah. sideline. Oh, so, you'll be on the sideline. Yeah, so, okay. Wow. So, yeah, so I'll be out. I believe me, I went to the store today and I pretty much bought anything that was winter related. I almost bought heated <laughs> <it>. socks. <laughs> At JRCherry3 is how you follow him on Twitter. Gerard Cherry, always appreciate you, man. Merry Christmas to you, your family. Uh, stay warm tomorrow, and thank you as all. Always take the time for us. All right, guys. Take care. Thanks. Gerard Cherry, Super Bowl champion, checking in with us here on GCR ahead of Ravens-Browns tomorrow. Yeah, wind gusts uh, consistently in the teens tomorrow. So I just have a funny feeling that the Ravens are going to try to run. And, of course, no Lamar Jackson. They're going to try to run the ball and run the ball and run the ball and run the ball some more. So I'm going to bet the under tomorrow. Not going to be cold in my living room. Correct. Much better there, yes. Much nicer there. Although, oddly, i got to watch the games now over at 105.7. And for some reason, it always feels like the studio is cold. I guess maybe they're worried about, like, somebody. I wonder if somebody fell asleep once on the air, and that's the reason why they keep the studio. Remember that was David Letterman's deal. I, I, I went to see Letterman's show a couple as, times, and it was freezing. I went one time. Uh, I, I believe the guests were Lance Armstrong and Cheryl Crow, if I remember correctly. Very good. Um, was that when she was dating I, Josh? Charles? Uh, no, I no, I don't remember that. Yeah, I don't remember her dating Josh. Yeah, she. Well, Why do they I went out that? for they went out for a little while? Okay, all right. Um, I, I believe it was when they were dating, uh, Cheryl Crow and and Lance Armstrong. Oh, okay. Yeah, I believe that was the. Oh, that's the right. Why they, they did. Were. They did date. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, I compared that that experience of being in Letterman's studio, the old mm-hmm. Ed Sullivan Theater, to being at Candlestick Park. In in the in a night game okay. in June late, or July, yeah. 
free, absolutely freezing. I think it was colder in Letterman's studio because you you really weren't prepared for Not it. Not at all. Yeah. I, I, if I remember correctly, my buddy and I went in August right. to a taping. And probably and so were wearing we, shorts and t-shirts, t-shirts yeah. right? And yeah. miserable, miserable. Yeah. And that's what it feels like over at 105.7. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, by the way, I'll, of course, Did have, you hear that, Chuck? Yeah, uh, right? Did you hear that, uh, young guy? Take care that's of the, what it fe- that's take care what it of the talent. Like. Take care of the talent. <laughs> Be doing a Project Game Day tomorrow. Halftime, facebook.com slash Sports. And if you have not taken advantage of all the great offers that you can find at pressboxonline.com slash offers, what in the hell are you waiting for? They're not going to last forever, these uh, betting houses. They're going to start kind of moving on. They're going to say, hey, there are other states where they're approving sports betting, and we're going to start giving those folks the best offers, and they're going to disappear for you. So take advantage of them while you can. Like $100 in risk, sorry, in free bets from Barstool after placing your first $10 bet, or up to $1,500 in risk free bets from Caesars. Time is limited. Get to pressboxonline.com slash offers right now in order to take advantage of them. When we come back in, we'll preview the Ravens side of tomorrow's matchup. Our buddy Bo Smolka from pressboxonline.com will join us next. It is Glenn Clark Radio. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Entry-level officers start at close to $59,000 a year with a $10,000 bonus. Some restrictions apply. Plus a great retirement plan, medical, dental, and vision insurance, advancement to specialized units, tuition reimbursement, 15 sick days earned per calendar year, and even further incentives for military members and veterans. If you have a passion for service and want a career for life, visit JoinBaltimoreCountyPD.com or call 410-887-5542. You must be a United States citizen, possess a valid driver's license, and have a high school diploma or GED equivalent. The Baltimore County Police Department is an equal opportunity employer. Make the most out of every day in your Toyota RAV4. Available in hybrid or gas-only models. A RAV4 can get you where you want to go in style. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new RAV4s from your local Toyota dealer today. Need a last-minute gift for a kid in your life? How about a membership to the Retriever Kids Club? It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games, plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It's a great deal, makes a tremendous holiday gift visit umbcretrievers.com slash kids club for more info membership is for kids 12 and under the retriever kids club find out more umbcretrievers.com slash kids club 
The latest edition of Press Box is available now. On the cover, New Maryland basketball coach Kevin Willard sits down with Stan Charles and Glenn Clark to discuss the situation he inherited in College Park and how he plans to get the program turned around. Also, inside, we introduce you to men's and women's college basketball players from all of the teams in the area. And Bo Smoka profiles Ravens receiver Devin DuVernay. Press Box is available for free at over 500 area locations, including 60 Royal Farm stores, and you can always find the entire edition as well as the best daily coverage of the Orioles, Ravens, and Terps at PressBoxOnline.com. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today join glenn at halftime of every ravens game for the project game day halftime show at facebook.com slash sports we apologize in advance there's not much we can do about his face all right so kurt warner is going to join us coming up at about 11:30. he is on the call for ravens browns tomorrow on nfl network of course you've heard of kurt warner he's a significant figure um, he's doing the game with Rich Eisen, and, and I didn't get. Here, this is my Rich Eisen story, right? Uh, Rich, I like Rich. He, he's, I don't think he's been on this show because he's doing his own show at the same time. Right. So I used to do the combine every year. I used to go cover the combine. I would do my show from the combine. It was the best time of the year to do the show because there was no opponent. Like John would come sit and do the show, and he would actually be willing to talk about things because he wasn't nervous about. Like giving any information to an opponent, like it could get really good answers from John at the combine. Whereas during the season, of course, right. he's always very guarded. John Harbaugh, I'm talking right. about. So there was, I want to say it was Harry and Izzy's that we went to for dinner in Indianapolis, and it started as a group of us, a group of people I knew, uh, former Maryland quarterback Chad Weasling, who's now an agent, he's Josh Jacobs' agent, a group of people. We were all out having you know drinks together, and Rich Eisen says, "I'm I'm hungry. I want to go get a table." and sit down and have dinner. I don't want to sit and eat at the bar. And he looked at me. He's like, you want to go sit and have dinner with me? And I said, sure. He's like, I'll go do that. Absolutely. And so Rich Eisen, go, we, we go to sit down. And I genuinely like, just thought about how much work goes into that week because like, the NFL Network covers 24-7 the Combine. It was their big right. – before they ever had games, it was the, the only thing they really broadcast all year. How many year. years ago is this? Like this eight, is eight years maybe ago? like 10, 10 years, years ago, ago at this point. Yeah. Um, and and I just said to Rich, I'm like, how you doing? And he like looks at me and he's like, what do you mean? <laughs> I said, well, you know, you're working hard. It's a I know it's a long week for you guys. Right. He's like, what, do I look bad? <laughs> I was like, no, Rich. Like I just meant like you you're, look fine. You're a busy guy, and I swear to God, he was so like <laughs> nervous. He was like, you, you, you seeing bags under my <laughs> eyes or something? I was like, Rich, oh, we're God. we're all right. Hey man, why don't we talk about something else? Ah, it was a it was a fun dinner. I do, I like I like Rich. Rich and Kurt Warner are doing the game tomorrow, and uh, Kurt Warner will join us later in the program. Joining us right now, press box Ravens beat writer. He is our friend Bo Smoke, and he's with us every Friday. Bo, good morning, my friend. How are you? Thank you. Everything, everything, ooh, everything good? Everything all right? We, we got Bo? Every, everything's okay. fine. Awesome. I'm, I'm here. Excellent. Are um, you there? Yep, we're here. We got you. 
Bo, uh, very weird to me, the, the concept of concussion protocol, right? And like, I know what I'm saying isn't really a question, but help me out with this. Is it smart for the NFL to, uh, particularly given what we saw with Tua earlier in the season, to allow for players who are in concussion protocol to still be involved with practices, even if they're just walkthroughs? Is it a good look for the league to say Tyler Huntley's in concussion protocol, but yeah, he can run out there even before we've said he's cleared from concussion protocol. He can go out there and be a part of prep. It just seems to me like that's not a, that isn't ideal. That's not what you want from the concept of a concussion protocol. I, I agree with you. And I, I was surprised and I'll be honest, I haven't dug through what the protocol, how everything is spelled out about it, but, I thought, I thought, when I first remember the concussion protocol kind of coming into play as a thing a few years ago, um, you know, you weren't allowed to interview guys in the concussion protocol. They didn't take part in practice and all, all of that. And so if you were in the concussion call, you were kind of just kind of out of commission until you were out of the concussion protocol. That's what I thought it would be. Um, so I was, when I asked John Harbaugh, when we saw Tyler Huntley out there and he said, oh, he's. He's still in the protocol, but he's allowed to be out here for a walkthrough. Um, yeah, it, it struck me as a little bit odd, and especially in a year when they're allegedly going to be better about or more uh, cognizant of the concussions issue that players would be allowed to do that. But, I mean, it's obviously not a system that's working great. You saw the game the other night. The spotter flat out missed a guy with a concussion, basically, on the field. Right. Um, in the in the Monday night game, I think it was. So they've got some flaws. But to get to your point about specifically the parameters of the protocol, I don't have an answer for you except to say, yeah, it does seem odd to me. And I thought if he was in the, still in the concussion protocol, I would think being in a walkthrough is off limits. But apparently there are certain levels to this where that's not the case and and i don't have a better answer for you than that maybe it's uh maybe it's uh just simply because the ravens week is shorter maybe they're making a a, you know i don't know but i I can't fathom i can't imagine that i can't i can't i just don't think they're gonna go there oh i wanted to go back to the play in which uh huntley got hurt um i i'm told you know Sometimes I'm watching a game and and I forget some of the rules and people were correcting me saying, well, wait a minute, once he's out of the pocket and he's a runner, he's fair game. What's the look like for the NFL that he's fair game allows you to get a hit like that without a flag and even the potential to be thrown out of the game for that kind of hit? I mean, he took a shot. There's no doubt about it. It's a third down play. He's trying to get the first down. And, yeah, then at some point, these guys morph into, quote, being a, run, a runner. And, and they, the tackling issues and the rules for tackling change. Now, I also think that the rules are not the same for everybody. And if you saw, there was a play earlier where Kenny Pickett got absolutely just about decapitated yeah. in one of the first games this year. And there was no flag. For, again, he was running. He was near sideline. He got hammered and there was no penalty called um and probably should have been and and you know but i and there's no question that probably 80 percent of the quarterbacks in the league maybe 90 would have gotten a flag there and kenny pickett's the poor rookie and he doesn't get it yeah i think tyler huntley doesn't get a call there um because he's tyler huntley i mean i'm being I'm, i'm being somewhat facetious bo but it seems like when a guy goes into a con- concussion protocol, 
they almost should be allowed to go back and and <laughs> insert a penalty flag. It's just ridiculous. What, well, he, didn't, I mean, he didn't concuss himself. <laughs> no, he didn't. Yeah. But I mean, I you know, it's a good, it's a fair point. Yeah. But I mean, guys get guys are going to get hit. It's a violent I mean, sport, yeah. and and they're, they're, I, I feel for the defenders whose job is to try to tackle people. Now you're told you have to yeah. tackle people a certain way and not another way. Yeah. And we've seen some roughing the passer penalties called that are just terrible this year. And now the defender's like, well, what am I supposed to do? Yeah. Um, but on that play, you're right. I mean, he, it was a shot, and I think it was, it was probably borderline. But yeah. um, here again, though, the, 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 the bigger issue is Huntley's trying to scramble for a first down, or he's being an aggressive runner. And it's, a, you know, knowing that there are, he's already the second quarterback, and the first one's not available. And I think that's the thing Greg Roman was asked about this week, I believe it was, and, and, and um, he basically said, yeah, we've, we've got to be mindful of, of how we run our quarterbacks, given that we're already down one. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and so, but again, he's, Huntley, in the moment, he's competing for a first down. He knows sure. what's changed, or he's trying to get there, and, and he's just trying to make a play, but, and he takes a shot, and that's just how the game works. Bo Smolka is with us here on GCR. Uh, your final days to pick up this most recent print issue of Press Box, which included a story that Bo wrote about Devin Duvernay, and then coming on Wednesday, the annual best of issue of Press Box, where Bo is writing about Roquan Smith. Perhaps you've heard of him. He's been okay of late. Um, you'll be able to pick that up on Wednesday, wherever you get fine Press Box throughout the region, including at your neighborhood Royal Farms. Uh, Bo, just to wrap up the the injury portion of this, the good news is it, it looks like Tyler Huntley is going to be ready to go tomorrow. And even better, I guess it looks like Kevin Zeitler is going to be good to go tomorrow. Outside of Lamar Jackson, this feels like about as healthy as we've seen. Again, I know that's a huge you know statement to make, outside of Lamar Jackson. But aside from that, it's about as healthy as I think we've seen the Ravens all year long. I think that's fairly – I think that's accurate. And the other thing is it's, it's actually – Honestly, somewhat surprising coming out of a Steelers game. I mean, usually these Steelers games are just wars, and by, and the injury report the next week is lengthy, um, and they're playing on a short, minimally short week. So I think they've got to feel pretty good about that. Zeitler had only missed one game in eight years, and the funny thing about Zeitler's injury was we talked to him. He didn't miss a snap the week before. We talked to him in the locker room after the game. So I was not aware that he had had any kind of significant knee injury that would cost him his first game in eight years or one game, second game in eight years. Um, but obviously he couldn't practice last week. And then on, on a Sunday morning at Pittsburgh, he tried. He went out on the field and was try, trying to do sets and get loose, and, and it just didn't work for him with his knee now. He, he did practice again this week, and it's trending in the right direction. Um, Ronnie Stanley looks good to go. He got out of the game okay, and he was battling in that game. He was on the ground and back up several times. But he, he got through the game okay, said he felt good afterwards. Morgan Moses was on the injury list this year, but or this week, but it looks like he's good to go. So yeah, if you were to say it looks like we're good for fifty-two of our fifty-three guys the week after Pittsburgh, I don't think that happens very often. So it's Jackson that's out, which is a huge one. But uh, yeah, you're right, health-wise in terms of especially coming right off a of Steelers game, they're in pretty good shape. Bo, does it still, even though you've you've covered the team and seen Ronnie Stanley his entire career? Does it still surprise you how much better this team runs the football when he is part of it? He's just a really good player he when, he's, really when he's healthy. And he's a really good player. Um, and he did a good job, relatively good. You know, he did a good job um, 
in pass protection, and I watched him a couple times really anchor on that pass protection with Huntley in the game, and they didn't try to throw much with Brown. But to your point, now Brown's in the game. They've got the lead. they got 11 minutes left or something, and they take over the ball. The Steelers play that renegade song. The place is going bananas. And they just ran it down the Steelers' throat. And they just the Ravens just imposed their will is exactly what Ronnie Stanley said to me. Um, and, and they couldn't do anything to stop them. And I think that goes credit to Stanley, but it's also to people like Ben Powers and even at right guard, Zeidler didn't play. Yeah. And Ben Cleveland and Tristan Cologne, who have hardly played. Cleveland had played zero offensive snaps this year. Cologne had played two, none of them at guard. Because, again, Zeidler hadn't missed a snap all year. Those two guys got in there, and a couple of those plays you watched, they just manhandled them. Linderbaum and one of those guys would double team and just manhandle someone. And then you got Pat Ricard coming right behind them, and he took out Devin Bush a couple of times and just plastered him. So it was a complete effort by the offensive line. But you're right, it definitely is a better operation significantly when Stanley's in the game. Well, obviously, the last couple times we talked to you, we had been talking about very disappointing performances from the Ravens offensively and where this thing might be headed. What we saw on Sunday against a good run defense – Getting Ronnie Stanley back, getting J.K. Dobbins back, who admitted afterwards he doesn't even think he's 100%. We all saw yeah. on the 44-yard run. like a, a was fully, laboring. Yeah, yeah, a fully healthy J.K. Dobbins takes that to the house. Is there is there reason for encouragement? Not that we can see the future. We don't know that it will work. But that if it looked that good without Lamar Jackson, without a fully healthy J.K. Dobbins, that if he can continue to get back into game shape, Dobbins – and you get a Zeitler back this week, and you can get a Lamar Jackson back in a couple of weeks, that maybe this thing, this run-dominant play defense and run-run-run, could still work for the Ravens to make noise against the best teams in the AFC in the playoffs. <laughs> well, they need it. They need it to because that's what they are. Um, can it work? I think it can work in – I think it can work. I don't know if it can work. I, I'm, I don't know the short answer i'm not sure the ceiling for this um and i don't think any of us do but it's encouraging for sure to get Do- dobbins you talk about ronnie stanley getting a dobbins back changes things too we saw that i mean he looked better in this game than he looked in those four games he played previously and and he admitted as much he just didn't have the the range of motion and everything when he first tried to come back so that would change things up but you're right this look at look at who they have and they, they're not going to be a team that's going to go 40 passes versus 40 passes, Chiefs, Ravens, shootout. I mean, they're just not going to be. Since 2018, and especially since 2019, their whole operation is built on holding the ball, running the ball, and keeping Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or whoever the other quarterback is on the sideline in a baseball cap. That's what they want to do. Um, and, and that's their goal, and that's how they have to play because – I don't see this team being one that's going to um, win an air show against anybody. No. I, I, don't, I don't think they can do it. So for them, the biggest thing is to not fall. It's, it's almost like you used to say in all the years I've watched Navy, you just don't want to fall behind by a lot because it's not a team that's built to make a big comeback through the air. It just isn't. And they haven't had to do it in these games when we've been, that you're talking about. But I, I still question what the ceiling is for it. And I, you're, to your point, we don't, we don't really know yet. But this is obviously who they're going to be this year because it's the players they have. Well, I agree that we're not going to see an air show, but do you think there are ways they can incorporate 
Mark Andrews to 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 be a more a part of of moving the football. And I'm, I'm sure he's I mean, blocking they, well and all that, but you know what I mean as a target. No, I know what you mean. It's going to be interesting this week because if I'm not mistaken, the the, the uh, Browns game the first time they played him was the day Andrews didn't have any catches um, against the Browns the that's, first that's time correct, they played. Though, and, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah so so it's that only, was, was only really, even targeted twice in that game. Well, yeah, and they only threw 16 passes the whole game, um, and they, so that was one where they just didn't throw the ball. And and but but again, this is who they're probably going to be. They're not going to try to throw the ball a lot with Huntley or if he were to come in, Anthony Brown, until um, at least Jackson comes back. But, yeah, and now if I'm the opponent, I'm I'm all over Mark Andrews because, I mean, he, <laughs> there's no other – when you start talking about beating the Ravens, the first stop, the first question is, how are we going to stop Mark Andrews? So, yeah, they've got to get Mark Andrews incorporated. I mean, they do every every game, but he is he's the key guy. He's the key guy generally on third down. Although Demarcus Robinson's starting to be more of that, but yeah, everything runs through Mark Andrews in this in this passing game, but by far, with especially with Bateman out, there's no doubt. There is no question about that. And obviously, teams are doing everything they can to try to take him away. All right, Bo. Before I let you go, um, I, I wrote about it earlier in the week. I know you're writing about Roquan and the print issue. I, I don't know what else there is to say at this point. Like the Ravens have found something that to me is the most impact defender they've had since prime Terrell Suggs. I mean, like I'm I'm running out of ways to describe it. This is potentially, you know, if, if Anquan Bolden was the greatest trade in Ravens history when, when they acquired him, obviously the one they sent him away was not the greatest trade in Ravens <laughs> history. Um, but if that was the greatest trade in Ravens history, we're really already inching upon the territory where this could prove if they can keep him around. This is starting to look like it might become the greatest trade in Ravens history. He has been sensational. I mean, he's been sensational, and and um, he's made Patrick Queen better, and he's made a lot of other players better too. And uh, you know, when you when you can get the turnovers, and you can just be such an impact player. I think go back to his first game where he stuffed Alvin Kamara twice on second and on short and third and short, and forced a punt right away to set the tone for that game in his first snaps as a Raven after having arrived three days earlier. So I, I agree. The thing I bring up in, in the print story that's going to be out this week is, you know, there's two questions. One, can they afford to keep him? And two, can they afford not to, given mm-hmm. what they've seen from him? Yep. He wants top dollar. He's made that very clear. Um, now it looks like he's assimilated right into this locker room. The players love him. He loves being here. But in the end, he's looking for top dollar at the inside linebacker position, which is looking at, you know, you're looking at probably 20 million a year. if You're getting up there with the contracts that were offered in the last few years. And can they afford to keep him? I think Eric DaCosta needs to do everything he can to try to keep him. We are in agreement at B Smolka on Twitter is how you follow him. Of course, the believe in Ravens podcast with he and Daniel Wilcox. And, uh, of course, every day or, or regularly throughout the week at PressBoxOnline.com is where you see his stuff. Bo Smolka, uh, we will figure out a time to chat. I think we're going to take next Friday off for the holiday, but we'll figure out a time to chat. Always appreciate you. Enjoy thanks, your bro. holidays, my friend. Thank yeah, you so happy much. Happy holidays, Bo. All right, thanks. Take care. It's Bo Smolka, PressBox Ravens beat writer with us here on GCR as we wind down for our number one of today's program. Stan, you've had a busy week. You've been working. You put in three shows this week. Yeah, it was a uh, boy. Yeah, right. I, 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 and now I, you're here doing this. What the hell's going it's on? It's unbelievable. It's like I'm a young man again. Right. Uh, no, we had um, uh, very entertaining shows with Ross Grimsley on Monday night. Rich Dubroff. Where we had Rich Dubroff. I got a chance to talk again with uh, 
the director John of the Maryland Martin. Lottery and Gaming, John Martin, on Wednesday. Uh, we talked about the, we unpacked those numbers mm-hmm. that came out and dug into how much those free bets that we keep right. promoting. Right, that's an, a big chunk uh, of money. In other words, the handle was one hundred eighty-six million dollars for those nine days of sports betting online. The last nine days of the month. Off of that, immediately comes $63 million really? worth of free really? bets. Really? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. And so, then last night you did your uh, sports media symposium, or sports business Yeah, that was symposium. great with Andy Dolich and, uh, Rich, and uh, Rich Dubroff. Andy Dolich and Marty Conway, along with my buddy Gary Stein, co-hosting. And that's a, uh, we do that about three times a year, but we try and get one in. It was fascinating because I always ask Andy Dolich, about the stadium in, in Oakland. Oakland. Do, do you know what they're doing with the stadiums that they built in Qatar? Uh, well, some of them were like shipping containers. They're, but they, they're putting them, they're, they're piecing them back together and putting them in shipping containers. Right, yes. And I said, there's the, and Andy loved Oh, yeah, that. Make, make an Oakland <laughs> Athletic <laughs> Stadium. <laughs> right, out of, right. right. <laughs> um, well, this looks familiar. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how that would go. I mean, I, I'm still obviously there's still a lot of questions yeah. about whether or not it's ever going to happen or they might yeah. end up in really awkward. They're playing a series in Vegas this year. Really awkward yeah. that they're playing a series in Vegas. Yeah. Find it right now. YouTube.com slash Pressbox Online. Pressboxonline.com slash video or Facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports. Click on the videos tab. And thank you to all of you. We have filled up what we needed in order to cover our goal for our uh, bull pick'em contest, our 50-50 bull pick'em. Um, we're going to raise another $250 for the Helping Up mission, and the winner is going to get, I believe it's actually going to be $260 because I think we got the 26 Unless somebody wants to get in in the next hour before the bowls start, if you'd like to, you can still do that. Uh, hit me up, uh, Glenn-Clark on Venmo or uh, Glenn-Clark180 on PayPal. It's $20, winner take all, or no, sorry, winner take half because it's 50-50. The other half is going to the Helping Up mission. Thank you all. For getting us to that goal, in total, we will have raised over $3,000 to purchase uh, toiletries and underwear for the folks who need it at the Helping Up mission between this, our raffle, and our World Cup draws. Cannot thank you all enough for your support of that as uh, we continue to try to lift up the Helping Up mission. Into hour number two of the show, Stan the Fan Charles is here with us, joining us now, our opportunity for the first time to welcome... The new football coach at Towson University, Baltimore native. It is a pleasure to say hello to Pete Shinnick, who's with us now here on GCR. Coach, it's Glenn and Stan. It's great to chat with you. Congratulations, and thank you for taking the time for us this morning. Oh, Glenn and Stan, thank you. Truly appreciate the opportunity to uh, talk to you. Thank you for having me on. Absolutely, Coach. Just real quick, uh, Pete, I'm Stan. I met you the other day. I was the one to talk to you about my passcodes. Yes, sir. All right, I, I just it, wanted sir. to. Okay, I just Wait wanted a second. to. Is this is it passcodes? What is what is this? I, I use the number. Dan and I are really connected. We're yeah. very connected. <laughs> We're very connected. Yep. Very good. Yep. I won't go any further. Than that. I got a lot of questions. You know the nuclear codes? Is that what we're talking That's about? <laughs> more important than the nuclear wow, codes. Wow. Yeah. Um, Coach, obviously, you for this for this to happen this way for you to get this opportunity back here, uh, born in Baltimore, I think a lot of people know your father played for the Colts, Don Shenick. For this to happen, for life to bring you back here for this opportunity, uh, serendipitous is the word that comes to mind. But but how do you describe how this has played out for you to get this chance at this point in your career? 
Well, you know, it, yeah, I mean, a lot, a lot of words could describe it. And so the feelings and the emotions have just been really flowing. And, you know, obviously knew that the stadium was Johnny United Stadium and, you know, knew uh, that, you know, I, I, I lived in a house two miles from campus, you know, till up to age four before they moved uh, outside a little bit. Uh, but, you know, to get on campus, and to just go into the office, into Johnny United Stadium, and to say, my goodness, okay, you know, you grow up and, you know, having, you know, listened to my dad and all the great memories, having met a lot of the former players at some different functions, to now be back in Baltimore, to be back in this area, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't know that I could be more thrilled uh, at this opportunity because, um, it really has come full circle, so it, it, it's exciting for me. You know, uh, I was the one that asked the question about what you're going to be doing on December 30th at uh, 12 o'clock noon, or was it 12.30? But the University of Maryland is going to be playing NC State in the Dukes-Mayo Bowl, and I asked you, will you be scouting the game? And you didn't miss a beat. You said you'll definitely be watching the game because they're the first team – that you play as head coach at Towson next year, but it led to you disclosing something that I found fascinating about Mike Loxley. You want to share it with our viewers or our listeners? Oh, I'd love to. Yeah, yeah, I, I'd, I'd love to because uh, you know got uh, got nothing but the utmost respect for Coach Loxley, and uh, you know it was uh, the day the announcement came out, <clears throat> and. You know, I'm, I'm sitting there returning phone calls, getting emails, and trying to make plans to get uh, to get here. And I see this name pop up on my cell phone, uh, and it says Mike Loxley. And I'm like, okay, is that the Mike Loxley? You know, because uh, I'm like, is this, you know, because you, you, you get a lot of people calling you over the course of time. And I'm like, okay. So I answer it, and, and Coach was fantastic. I mean, he was so gracious. Uh, he was so kind. Uh, and, you know, he talked about his experience at uh, Towson. He talked about, uh, you know, uh, what an amazing time he had there. And he talked about, you know, how, um, you know, he wants to see this program get back to where, you know, he thinks it should be. Um, and in the back of my mind, I'm sitting there going, I think we open up with that. Uh, <laughs> I, 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 I know, you know, and then he goes, he goes, Coach, if you want to come to bowl practice, you come down. Uh, whatever we have, we'll share with you. Whatever we have, we'll give you. I want you to know that, uh, you know, I'm here for you. And then, and I'm sitting there going, I think we open up with these guys. I, I, I got I, 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 Where can I check that? And then he goes, hey, I know we open up with each other, but I, I really don't care. I just want to see Towson do great things, and I'm fired up that you're there. So just what a class act and what, you know, what, what a tremendous first impression of a uh, Towson alum. Uh, and how he feels about his football program, and that's a guy who—that's coming from a guy who is friends and former teammate yeah, with, of uh, Rob Ambrose. Yep, yeah, no doubt. That's very special. And by the way, I, I promise no you. No doubt. And, and hey, yeah, go ahead. I, no, I would say I would say this about Coach Ambrose. Okay, I I've I, I've had one in-person um, connection with Coach Ambrose, and it was after their national championship uh, game, um, and it was standing in line. Uh, at the AFCA convention. Uh, and I noticed him because I had watched the game and, you know, kind of watched their run. And he was nothing but gracious and kind. I mean, I, I promise you he doesn't remember the conversation because he probably had 500 of those. Uh, 
but you know that that was my impression of him. And then you know, heck, he he reached out via text and said if he can be of any help or any support, uh, you know, he loves this place. So uh, I, I've got nothing but you know great feelings for uh, him, just of of what I know of him. And so um, I, I I truly appreciate you know all the alum that have reached out, uh, and we're starting to build this connection and build this network. So. Uh, we got a lot of work in front of us. We we, we got a big task at, at hand, but uh, excited about uh, the early showings of support and what I think we can do with it. He is Coach Pete Shinnick, New Towson football coach. He's with us here on GCR. Coach, it's it's interesting to bring that up, right? Because I, one of the things we would say is, you know, Rob accomplished a lot of things, right? You know, you brought up, made a run to a national championship game. That was unprecedented, clearly, here. And yet, ultimately, the school decided to move on. There's a, a level, an expectation level that is very high for where Towson football is going. Was there any apprehension for you about that? Like, wow, you know, they're moving on from a guy that took him to a national championship game. Boy, it, my, my, my seat could get hot fairly quickly here. There's, did, that, did you think about that at all as you were taking the job? You know, I, I really didn't because I, I think, you know, I think everybody has high expectations for their own, um, you know, desires of what they want to get done. And so, you know, I, I feel like at any time, uh, you know, anybody can, you know, move on from someone else. I mean, sure. I've been, I've been blessed to have some great success uh, at the previous places I've been at, but at the same time, I haven't taken, you know, any of that for granted and just know that at any time, you know, this could change or something could happen. And so, you know, my mentality is this thing, you know, we're, we're going to take this thing day by day and season by season because, uh, you know, every year is a new year. Uh, and, you know, we, we had gone to the national championship and won it in 2019. We didn't do COVID uh, in 20, and we came back in 2021 and, you know, ranked number one in the country and went nine and one and lost in the first round of the playoffs. And probably one of the more uh, disturbing aspects, you know, was that wasn't good enough as to what I felt we were capable of. And mm. came back in the 2022 season and, you know, made it to the final four. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to, you know, my standard of what I think uh, is acceptable, we're, we're going to be a, we're, we're going to have a very high standard of what that looks like. And, you know, with college football, the way it is and the way rosters are changing, it really is a season by season uh, component here. And, um, you know, uh, each year we're, we're going to have high expectations and uh, we're going to do everything we can to fulfill those. But, you know, one of the things we do in the program is we really talk about, you know, just playing great football. And so uh, never really talked a ton about winning and losing and, you know, a little bit of that John Wooden uh, philosophy, a little bit of that approach uh, from there. But, you know, we're just going to go out and say play great football and make sure our guys are uh, living up to their fullest potential, which is our program theme, the Greek word for excellence, R-A-T-A. If we can get each guy to live up to his fullest potential, we play great football. I'm confident there's going to be a lot of fun things take place on Saturday. Pete, I know you're a football coach first and foremost. Do you have any ideas, and I know you, you haven't spent time in Towson for a long, long time, but do you have any ideas how they can sort of wake up the student body to be at these games and, and, and start to really feel a little bit more passion about their football team? Because I have no doubt that you will have as good a record as Rob on the field or better, but I don't know how you get the, the fans excited about Towson football. 
Yeah, I think it's going to take a collective effort. I think it's going to take uh, everybody involved uh, to make it great. You know, one of the things I challenged the players with and a couple of the position groups, I challenged a couple of them. I said, look, you guys go to class every day. So, I mean, you, you got 50 people in a class, you got 100 people in a class, whatever it is, you got an opportunity to uh, either, you know, want some of your student uh, friends to uh, show up or not show up based on how you conduct yourself and what you do. So I think we got to do a great job in the classroom uh, so that those uh, those other students look at it and go, hey, I'd love to come out. Uh, I think at the same time, we got to put a product on the field that people are excited about watching. Uh, and then to me, it's a full, complete engagement process uh, to pack Johnny United Stadium uh, and put as many people in the stands as we possibly can get. Coach, the, the, you know, obviously your father was such an accomplished player, also a coach. Um, I know he hasn't been around for a few years now, but what do you find yourself as a coach? Like, it, what do you do that you look in the mirror after you do it and you say, oh, man, I know the only reason I do that is because I learned it from Dad. Like, what, what, what is it that on a day-to-day basis you know you've most taken from your father as far as being a coach around this sport, a leader, whatever it is? Yeah, and, and there's a lot. I mean, you, you really are correct in that. I mean, um, the, I mean, they're, 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 I could reflect almost daily, sometimes midway, midway through the day, uh, and then at the end of the day, just uh, that was that was Don Shinnick coming out uh, in me. But, you know, probably the number one thing, and it, when I first got into coaching and started getting around uh, other coaches and people who had been in the business for a long time, you know, one of the things that they said about my dad was, uh, you know, your dad was probably one of uh, the nicer, friendlier people hmm. that I'd ever been around. Uh, and, man, he was just encouraging and he was supportive. That's whether they played for him, that's whether um, they uh, coached with him or they coached against him. And, um, you know, my dad, you know, early on said, you you got an opportunity to impact and influence people in a positive way, uh, Pete, every day of your life uh, through this profession. And so that has really been at the forefront of what I'm trying to do, impact and influence people in a positive way make the most of that opportunity and really carry on the legacy of what I think my dad started through his playing career and his coaching career. Pete, uh, you alluded to the fact that you talked to the players. Uh, how did that go? Uh, are you finding people are, are just interested and curious or they've, some of them have said, I'm, I'm leaving here. You know, if Rob's not here, I'm leaving. Sure, and I, I think we have had, had a few guys enter the portal, and you know some of those guys were in discussions with as to what that could look like uh, if they stayed. Uh, I think for the most part, the guys uh, were fantastic uh, in the team meeting. So what I've done, uh, you know, since since arriving, is really uh, had a team meeting. The first thing we did, first 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 step on campus was uh, to go and have a team meeting. Then met with the seniors after that, and then the next day. Uh, or the day after that, started meeting with each position group and then had an opportunity to meet with some guys individually. Uh, so I wanted them to know that, you know, uh, I'm their coach. Uh, I, want, I want them to uh, feel a part of this. Uh, we're going to do everything we can to make this a great situation for them and all of us. And, uh, you know, uh, we've started that communication process, and I think it's, it's gone well, uh, you know, from the beginning. And now we've got to grow that and continue to know, you know, let them know what the differences are going to be uh, and what the standard is going to be that we're going to hold them to and then give them an opportunity to excel in that environment. 
Uh, Coach, my last one for me, and you bring up the portal. Um, I, I just want to know what you, your thoughts are early on in building a team. And, you know, we've, we've seen a lot at this level of, hey, there are a lot of, you know, FBS quarterbacks that are available that, that put themselves in the portal and don't find a good home. And we can pick one off late in the spring and have an FSB, F, FBS caliber quarterback playing for us. And, you know, that's that's a coup in a lot of instances. How do you view that versus, you know, recruiting and trying to find your guys and, you know, maybe having, unlike at the top level, being able to have four-year players, you know, more recently it's question. been five-year yeah. players. Just in, in terms of putting a roster together, how do you imagine, imagine doing that at this level? Yeah, I think it, it's, it's multiple and it's layered uh, and it's fluid and it's year-to-year. And so um, – you know, there's going to be a combination of high school and transfers to, I think, get this roster where it needs to be uh, to meet the expectations we have. And then I think it's really building uh, with, uh, you know, a base of high school players. And so in the ideal world, uh, in the ideal world, you get everybody out of high school and you develop in them. And in the old school model, uh, they played for you year three, four and five. Uh, and, you know, that, that was how you built a team. Well, now if a guy has any success early, you know, he's probably going to try to go up or go someplace else. Uh, I mean, you, you, you got guys at Power 5 FBS programs, uh, you know, leaving, leaving marquee programs to try to go to a higher marquee program. Sure. So uh, the, 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 the door has been opened for that. Uh, so, you know, I think if every coach had – uh, you know, the way they wanted to do it, you would 90%, 95% of your roster would be four-year guys. Uh, and, you know, the rest would be a couple guys sprinkled in here and there. But you don't know who's going to leave your roster, and you always want to replace. When someone leaves your roster, you want to be able to replace it with the same caliber of person. So we, you know, I've been, I was an NAIA coach and a D2 coach. We, you know, we were, before the portal was the portal, I mean, we, we handled that. And I think the main aspect of bringing people into your program uh, is what type of expectations do you set on them prior to them arriving to campus? And so we will set high expectations when they come here, but they'll know it prior to getting here. Uh, and, you know, we've, we've, we've lost a lot of guys through the recruiting process because they didn't want to meet those expectations. Uh, and we're fine with that. Uh, we really are. We want to get the right fit for Towson. Uh, we want to get the right fit for this program. So, you know, we, we've got, uh, you know, a lot of work in front of us, uh, but excited to find that next group of uh, players that want to be on this campus and want to be a part of this great university. Pete, I'm just curious. I saw Rick Volk uh, show up at your presser the other day and come over and chat with you. Uh, is there any possibility that there's a way to get any ex- teammates or old Colts involved with your program? I would love to do that. And Rick was so gracious. Uh, Rick gave me a picture that I had not seen. Um, and it looks like a uh, post-game prayer uh, in the Colts locker room. And it's my dad and Lenny Moore and Raymond Berry. Um, and, you know, so it's, it's one of the photos that I really hadn't seen. Uh, and so Letty Moore actually signed it. Right. Uh, so Rick was very gracious. 
to give that to me. That's very but nice. But with, with, with that being said, um, I would love to engage uh, with as many uh, that are available because I think that would only – uh, you know, just kind of enhance this entire experience. Uh, yeah. I think that's a fun connection. Uh, that That's a neat opportunity that's out there. You know, Biff Pogey, who now is the head coach at Charlotte, uh, when he coached Gilman, he had two ex-Colts, Joe Airman, who I'm sure you're aware of and know a oh, little yeah. bit, and uh, Stan White were part of his, you know, his coaching team. I don't know if they made money or whether they were hanging volunte- out, right. or volunteers, <laughs> sure. but they were intimately involved in in that. Yep. Yeah, no, love what love what Joe has been able to do, and you know, I mean, how he has uh, made that work. Had a couple conversations with him at different times, so no, it, it, excited to see where this can go. Pete Shinnick, uh, Towson football coach. First of all, congratulations. Welcome back to town. Know we're going to be talking a lot over the course of the next. Uh, you know, hopefully decades uh, as as you lead this program and guide this program. Appreciate you taking the time for us this morning. Thanks, Congratulations Pete. again. Yeah. No, thank you, gentlemen. I appreciate you having me on and look forward to uh, being back on whenever you need me. Absolutely. Thank you. Coach Thanks, Pete, Pete. Shinnick, new football coach at Towson University. Appreciate him hopping on with us here on GCR. If you're looking for a simple holiday meal, try Chick-fil-A Catering. Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese. God, I could go for some of those nuggets right now. Who couldn't? Enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Uh, We're going to be joined by Kurt Warner in a few minutes, and I've got great news for you, Stan the Fan. I've got news you're going to be very happy about when I give this to you in a second. As far as your – hopefully you went ahead and you didn't just make a pick in our contest. Hopefully you actually – Went ahead and put money on it because I got good news for you on the other side. Oh. Talk about that next on okay. Clark Radio. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it, set a budget, and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. Experience the best in Kamado Grilling, a complete outdoor cooking appliance. The Ginsu Kamado Grill allows anyone to sear, grill, bake, and smoke all types of food. Designed for efficiency and function, the Ginsu Kamado Grill upholds the enduring legacy of the iconic Ginsu brand. The Ginsu Kamado Grill is perfect to cook all year round, is great for parties, and ideal for tailgating with your friends. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill today at ginsugrills.com and get $100 off on your pre-order when you use the promo code tailgate that's ginsugrills.com reserve yours today whether your focus is luxury and comfort convenience and technologically advanced connectivity or sporty performance and aggressive styling we've got the perfect highlander for you check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new highlanders from your local toyota dealer today Join the Maryland Jockey Club at Laurel Park for Christmas Tide Stakes Day on Monday, December 26th. An exciting day of live horse racing awaits you with a whopping six stakes races worth $600,000 in prize money. Plus, enjoy a specially curated stakes buffet, a delicious hot chocolate bar, and hot cider cocktails. It may be cold, but Laurel Park has plenty of horse racing excitement, food, and beverages to keep you warm. Don't miss Christmas Tide Stakes Day at Laurel Park. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. 
Another Orioles season is in the books, and the Bataround was there every step of the way as the Birds posted their first winning season in six years. And after promoting two number one overall prospects in Adley Rutschman and Gunnar Henderson, Mike Elias has said it's liftoff from here. Hi, I'm Paul Valley, and along with my co-host Zach Goodman, we'll be here every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon all off-season, discussing every signing, trade, and waiver claim as we navigate the cold winter months that lead to spring training. You can watch us at youtube.com slash pressboxonline and facebook.com slash Pressbox Sports or listen live at pressboxonline.com slash radio. And if you miss a show, you can find us anywhere you get your podcasts. So tune into the Bat Around with Paul Valley and Zach Goodman every Saturday from 10 a.m. to noon right here at Pressbox Sports. Need a last minute gift for a kid in your life? How about a membership to the Retriever Kids Club? It includes free youth admission to all regular season UMBC home games plus a t-shirt and a drawstring backpack. Membership is only $35. It's a great deal makes a tremendous holiday gift. Visit umbcretrievers.com slash kidsclub for more info. Membership is for kids 12 and under. The Retriever Kids Club. Find out more. umbcretrievers.com slash kidsclub. If you can't listen or watch live, you can subscribe to the show via Spotify, Amazon, or Apple Podcasts. Leave a five-star review while you're there. Or, if lying isn't your thing... We'll take a three-and-a-half-star review, too. All right, back in here on GCR. Today's show also brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino in Hotel Maryland, where Griffin and I were just two days ago. And you can still get to try to win $5,000 by taking your shot at RoboKeeper, your shots. You get five shots to try to befuddle RoboKeeper, and it ain't easy. I, I guess I feel a little better since they're saying that no, like one person a day makes a shot. It's bad, like, man. It is really hard to score goals on RoboKeeper. You have to go perfectly into the upper 90 in order to score. Griffin and I, we put the video up on our TikTok page, Glenn Clark Radio, if you want to see. It's embarrassing. It is pathetic. Griffin basically shot right at RoboKeeper on a couple of them. So Sorry I said, you. you missed the net. No, like. well that, but I, then I realized you can't shoot it anywhere close to him. You have oh, to hit okay. upper well, yeah, 90. So you saw my so – I, wildly, I helped you by uh, – yeah, Correct, but then I wildly attempted to get upper 90, and the results were I didn't even get it on the goal. I thought, I thought right? it might be like you know like a real keeper where like no. they're going to dive no matter what. No, and he just He just stayed all. right there when I shot it right $5,000 daily going out for uh, Robo trying to beat RoboKeeper. If you can score against RoboKeeper, you can win five. $5,000 for your FanDuel account, and everyone who participates gets a $25 free bet in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel. RoboKeeper is there through Sunday, 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 Sunday in the World Cup Final, which you can watch and bet on in the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino What time is that, that game 10 kicking? 10 a.m. 10 a.m. 10 okay, a.m. ahead of foot. It's perfect. You watch the match, and you get football all day. You couldn't ask for a better set up and no Ravens to stress you out on Sunday. So just hang out and watch and bet on sports all day. Stan, speaking of which, I hope you put your American dollars in on your pick for the Detroit Lions, the one-point spread yesterday, because I'm just going to guess that number's changed. Griffin, if you don't mind checking on that for me to see if that number's already changed and where it is, because... I think it's one, one or one and a half. Uh, well, this just came down in the last hour, so okay. I don't know how much impact it may have had. Adam Schefter reported this morning, despite the fact that Mike White has been practicing this week, Jets doctors will not clear him to play against the Lions. So Zach Wilson will indeed 
return to the starting role for the New York Jets against the Detroit Lions on Sunday. It's right now, the Lions are a point and a half favorite. So it's only moved. The, yeah, it's only moved to half point. Yeah. Now the points, though, I'm almost positive. I looked at it earlier. It was at 38 points. The over/under is now 43.5. That's interesting. 43.5. It's gone up five points. Think exactly. It seems like it was a low number for. Oh, that might be the, the low number was because of the weather, and maybe they know more about the weather situation because there was the thought that it might snow in New York. I can't believe they're playing the game in Buffalo tomorrow night. You the, said it's going to be. The forecast inches. is now up to in Orchard Park, fourteen inches of snow. For and remember, we had Stevie Daniels on a couple weeks ago. Like it's such a strain. The way these these lake effect storms work in Western New York is like you could be in Orchard Park. Get 14 inches, be like 20 minutes away and get six, something like that. It's it's crazy. Orchard Park centrally now expected to get 14 inches of snow, and apparently it's supposed to get worse as the day goes on. So like that'll not, be fun to watch the game um, on, on, my, on my cozy it'll, sofa. It'll, it'll look cool, yeah. But you can't play football in 14 inches of snow. And I get they'll do their best to clear their to clear the field as much as they can. But the snow is supposed to keep going throughout the night, so I have no idea. I have no idea what to expect between the Bills and the Dolphins tomorrow night. Could be a wild scenario for that game tomorrow evening. Again, we all like looking at snow games. And like the one in, in Baltimore all those years ago, the Marlon Brown game, was great. But 14 inches of snow? 14 inches of snow? How much snow was there again the the game against I was at the baseball winter meetings in Orlando okay. when they played the Minnesota Vikings Yeah that Vikings. was the Marlon Brown game okay. that was that was okay. a couple inches I mean it was it was enough that clearly the right. field was covered right. but it was the game that game started the problem there they they couldn't clear it ahead of time the snow started during the game During the game I remember doing a lacrosse game. Loyola played like Holy Cross once and it, again they they moved the game up to like 10 a.m. to try to beat the snow and at some point late in the second quarter, I realized I couldn't see the ball any longer. Like, I could no longer see the ball to try to broadcast the game. In the second half, they switched to orange balls to try to make it. Of course, you couldn't take a bounce shot. That was no longer was an option. As, that was known as the Glenn Clark rule. Yeah, correct. So help to pray that Glenn might have any clue of what was happening in the game because I could not see the ball whatsoever. It was wild doing that game in the snow, and uh, Loyal actually lost that one. They're not supposed to be losing to Holy Cross, so um, not not a good day. I not hear the Bills day. Mafia is going to be on the field shoveling the snow I, off I really, during the game. I like So you know like they, they typically do that bit where, like, hey, anybody willing to come out and help us shovel snow? To, if you will, we'll give you some free tickets or something. Like They normally do that bit yeah. whenever there's a snowstorm. I wonder if they'd be willing to do the same thing for the field. Or do the Bills think it's to their advantage? Of course, the Dolphins, the story's come up a lot this week, that the Dolphins took heaters with them to Los Angeles when it was the temperatures were in the 50s <laughs> last week. So do the Bills think it's their advantage that the Dolphins are miserable and playing in the snow, and do they rather have it be you know, awful conditions for the game? I, Let's talk to Kurt Warner. I don't. About I don't that. know about the answer Let's to that. To Lots Kurt. of things I want to talk to Kurt yeah. Warner about. Lots of things I want to cover with Kurt Warner. Today's show also brought to you by UMBC basketball. This Sunday, the UMBC women take on American 
And then coming up on January 1st, the big one, UMBC-Vermont rematch of the America East Championship game from a year ago. Get your tickets right now to experience game day at the peak, umbcretrievers.com. Always a pleasure. Welcome back to the program, a Hall of Famer. He will be on the call tomorrow. NFL Network alongside Rich Eisen for Ravens-Browns. You can also see it locally with their broadcast on Channel 11 here in Baltimore. He is the great Kurt Warner, and he's back with us now here on GCR. Kurt, it's Glenn and Stan the Fan Charles back in Baltimore. Thank you, as always, taking the time for us, man. Merry Christmas to you and your family. Uh, my pleasure to be on, and uh, Merry Christmas to you guys as well. You know, the the thing with the Ravens, it's almost the exact opposite of the greatest show on turf, right? It's the, we don't want to throw the football at this point. Um, what do you make of what they did a week ago with Ronnie Stanley back and J.K. Dobbins back, and the idea that maybe they could do this, they could just run the ball, dominate on the ground, play great defense, and have a chance uh, as they get into the playoffs against the best teams in the AFC? Well, I mean, I think that's how they've been built since Lamar got here, is that that's what they want to do, is they want to run the football first um, and allow the pass game to be complimentary. They want to play good defense, and um, that's kind of been the Raven way for, for a long time. I think the biggest thing for me, um, you know, nice to get that back and get Dobbins back and get him going like that. You know, the biggest thing for me with this team is that you've seen glimpses of this offense being great, and you've seen, you know, this stretch here where the defense has played really, really well. Um, they just haven't put it together very often uh, where you've got the offense and the defense playing at that high level. And I think if they can get to that point, get Lamar back, get him healthy, and get their offense going more like it was early in the year with the way their defense has kind of come into their own and got healthy, uh, you know, the addition of Roquan. Um, yeah, I think this is a, a formidable team here in the AFC. But, but they've got to put both sides together and obviously that was a you know move in the right direction to be able to run the football the way they did last week and more Raven-esque. It's certainly after a couple of weeks where it looked really bad Kurt it was very encouraging to see what they were able to do. Um, You bring up Roquan we we keep talking about it man I I don't know that there can be a 2,000 Ravens defense the NFL won't allow for something like that to happen again (laughs) but what he's doing it's it's very difficult to quantify the numbers are good but it seems so much more significant than just what you can define by numbers. Can you define what Roquan Smith has brought to this defense and how much better they are as a unit? I know they're still struggling in some late you know, two-minute situations, but how much better they are as a unit just because of his presence? Well, I mean, I think, A, you're getting a really, really good player. You know, one of the best middle linebackers in the National Football League, a guy that can do everything, play the run, play the pass, athletic, all of those things. So you get a great leader in the middle of your defense. I think it frees Patrick Queen up to do what Patrick Queen does, and that's be an athlete, play one position, um, you know, blitz, run, uh, you know, do the, you know, the things that he's capable of doing without bogging him down and, and having to do some, some different things. Um, and then, you know, I don't know if it's all about, you know, Roquan, but, but I think they've kind of come into their own with what they feel their identity is, you know, a guy like Kyle Hamilton, you know, figuring out how to use him because he's such a unique player with his length and athleticism. Um, but, but I think they found a way to use him more kind of down in the box or, or lower to the line of scrimmage, um, you know, with the other two good safeties they've got. Obviously, they've got two big-time corners on the outside that, that are different, 
Um, and I think that's always a unique challenge for a quarterback is when you're playing against two really good players, but they both play the game extremely differently. And so you've got to have a different mindset when you're attacking, um, you know, both, both Peters and Humphrey. So uh, I just I think they've got the pieces. They've got, you know, the pass rushes. Justin Houston's playing great up front, um, you know, adding to the mix, highest Bowser. I mean, I think defensively they're, they've got a lot of weapons, a lot of pieces uh, that give them great flexibility to play a lot of different ways and have success against a lot of different teams. And I think they've really just come into their own and, and found that identity, Roquan being a huge piece to add to the mix to solidify the, the middle and, and allow some of those other pieces to, to find their, their group. Hey, Kurt, uh, tomorrow's matchup, it's a unique kind of matchup at quarterback. You've got a guy that a lot of people don't know that much about in the Ravens quarterback, Tyler Huntley, who's been cleared to play from concussion protocol. And then you have the rusty Deshaun Watson. Uh, what do you make of the quarterback matchup in tomorrow's game? Well, I mean, I think we always know that, you know, quarterback play dictates about every game in the NFL to some degree. And, uh, you know, it's going to be the case again tomorrow, um, you know, as you try to figure out um, who these guys are and, you know, what they bring to the table. Um, you know, Tyler, I think, you know, is a little different than Lamar, of course, although he's a good athlete. Uh, they don't run the same kind of system. They play a little bit more drop-back football. So he's going to have to make some plays, and, and Cleveland's familiar with him. Obviously, he came in last year and almost brought the Ravens back uh, against Cleveland, so they're familiar a little bit with what he does. Um, but but he's going to have to make some plays. So, you know, he's going to have to make some some big time throws like he did last year uh, and be consistent there. And then on the other side, you know, it, it continues to be kind of the the ultimate wild card with Deshaun Watson because. We don't know when he's going to come into his own and, and be more of the Deshaun Watson that we saw earlier in his career. You know, the first game that he was back, he really struggled, struggled to just make routine throws. Last week, I thought he got a little bit more comfortable, played a little bit more inside the pocket, but still feels like he wants to get outside the pocket and, and make it more of an athletic game. And so, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how the Ravens try to play this. You know, what do they want him to be? Do they want to try to keep him in the pocket? because he struggled a little bit more, you know, do they want to, you know, just force him to be uncomfortable because, you know, it's easy to speed up the game when a guy hasn't played as long as, as he has. Uh, and is he, is he able to settle in and, and, and make some of those special plays that we've seen in the past? And so I think there is a great unknown at the quarterback position, what you're going to get from these two guys. Um, but obviously it's going to, it's going to go a long way in dictating this game. The Hall of Famer Kurt Warner is with us. He's on the call for Ravens Browns tomorrow on NFL Network with Rich Eisen. Correct. Yeah. And our friend Stacy Dales and Steve Weish on the sidelines. Um, Kurt, you, you, let me go there because I feel like on paper the Ravens' run game against the Browns' run defense seems like advantage Ravens. Um, the Browns' strength of their offense is running the ball with Nick Chubb, but the Ravens, you know, strength defensively is stopping the run. Like it seems like on paper. There's a lot of advantage Ravens. Now, of course, we know football isn't played on paper, but the wild card to me would be um, what what you've seen. Is there a chance that like tomorrow Deshaun Watson, from a football perspective, could just wake up and be Deshaun Watson again, that it could just all click and that that becomes very dangerous very quickly for a team like the Ravens? Uh, I mean, I think there's always that possibility. I mean, I, that again, that is the great unknown because – it was basically 700 days between, you know, significant starts in the national. I mean, I don't know if any of us 
you know, can really put ourselves into that and go, okay, what's that like? How long does it take when you take 700 days off from playing the highest level of football there is? How long does it take for you to get back? Yeah, I mean, I suppose it's possible. Uh, You know, I feel like it's still going to take more time than just, you know, three weeks basically to get back to where, you know, he was at a Pro Bowl level, you know, a couple years ago. Um, but, but I suppose that's possible, but you know, the way I look at it more than anything is like, as you said, you've got to stop the run game. A big piece for Cleveland to me is to, to, to call those plays that get, um, Deshaun Watson in his most comfortable state. You know, what is that? Is that the naked bootlegs? Is that some of the, the zone reads where he's running? Is that, you know, getting him outside, in space, um, you know, the drop back game, you know, what, what are those plays? What are those throws that he's really comfortable with right now, as opposed to the whole playbook? And so I think that's the cat and mouse, um, you know, in this game is can the Ravens force him away from the things he's comfortable with, or can Kevin Stefanski get him into that world right now? Cause I don't expect him to just be able to go, Oh, whatever you call, um, you know, for these 65 plays, I'm going to feel great with it. And I'm going to go actually, I don't, I don't expect him to be there because I just think it's too hard, but how much of, you know, his wheelhouse can they live in um, and can they force, you know, against this Ravens defense to, to be successful, um, you know, is going to be to me a key as I've seen them kind of grow together over these last couple of weeks. Kurt, um, how does Greg Roman without Lamar there, Lamar had such a, uh, an esprit de corps with Mark Andrews. How does he get, Andrews more involved in this offense in this game? You know, I think that's a good question because, um, you know, and, you know, get a chance to talk to, to Mark a little bit today. And I'm going to ask you because when you watch, you know, Mark and Lamar play together, the, the, the pass game is very fluid. And what I mean by that is that it's not always on schedule. Um, you know, that Mark seems to have a great feel for the game. So there'll be times that he'll run around and then you see him kind of slow up in a hole or adjust his route based on what he sees. And, and Lamar likes to kind of play that way a little bit more off schedule, you know, feeling the game and then, and then making those throws. It feels to me that, that Tyler is more of a on schedule thrower, you know, mm-hmm. wants things to be the way they're supposed to be. And so, um, you know, it, it's an interesting dichotomy there because, you know, can Mark change his game to fit Tyler, you know, does Tyler feel fully comfortable because he's watched, what they've done, and, and then do they have to change some of their, their route schemes and the way they, they play for Tyler because he's more of that on schedule. I want you to be here when you need to be here. Um, you know, and I, again, just like you know, Cleveland is working through some of those things that they had Jacoby and now they have Deshaun and they're different players, I think the Ravens are kind of working through some of that too. And, and you know, again, it has to be a huge challenge when you build an entire offense around one player. Yeah and what he's capable of doing. And then he's had injuries over the last couple of years, and you've got to plug somebody else in. And Yeah, you can try to find someone that's similar to Lamar Jackson, but nobody's Lamar Jackson. And so, you know, to still try to run that offense, because that's what we know and that's what we do, but to, to you know, change those nuances to fit your quarterback, I think is a really, really tough thing to do, especially in a short period of time. Um, you know, and so I think you try to do enough and, you know, keep the seat warm and get a couple wins, uh, you know, and then get Lamar back so you can really be who you are offensively. So I got the answer I was expecting from you, but you're not the offensive coordinator. Who does that come – who takes the lead on communicating that 
Is it the quarterback? Is it the OC or Andrews and Tyler Huntley? Um, you know, I, I think all of it's involved. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that the coordinator's got to know, you know, who his quarterback is, you know, and he's got to know that, you know, what he doesn't do that Lamar did or, or, you know, what you're used to calling for Lamar or in the course of the game, how you have to adjust that. I think the quarterback has to communicate it too. Like, like coach, I need, I need these kind of concepts. I need my guys to be, you know, more like this. This is how I see the game. You know, I always talk about that quarterback, see the game differently. And so you need to play to the way your quarterback sees the game. And then I do think there's times where you got to go grab, you know, your receivers and go, Hey, Mark, you know, that, that messes me up when, when you do that. Can, can you just, just run your route, just be where you're supposed to be. And you're going to have to leave it up to me to read the coverage and to make the right decision because I don't play, you know, I I need to play on schedule. I need to see it or I'm Mm going to get off of you because, you know, I'm not comfortable with where you're at, even though you might end up coming open, I'm going to get off of you and move to the next guy because that's where I'm comfortable. So, you know, I think all that communication is, is so vital. And, and sometimes it can be hard, you know, because when you get put in as a quarterback, it's kind of like, hey, I don't want to ruffle any feathers. Just call everything, and I'm going to do my best to execute everything. But the way that you can play your best and ultimately the way the team has the most success is with all that communication. Say, hey, we got to change some of these things. Um, because I'm just not as comfortable with them. It was really thoughtful, really thoughtful answer. Just another minute or two here with Kurt Warner before Ravens-Browns tomorrow. Kurt, you know, all this in mind, um, we know that you have at times been critical of some of the Ravens' passing concepts over the years, and I just wonder philosophically, like, if if this, what they're doing, comes up short again, um, you know, doesn't lead to a long run, five years into it, is it time to think about a different philosophical approach to offense in Baltimore. Like if they go five years and say, we're going to try this run, run, run thing. And what they have to show for it is a playoff win, maybe two playoff wins. It is at that point, might it be time for them to say, Hey, maybe it's time for us to reconsider, you know, the way that we look at the wide receiver position, the, the fact that we just want to run the ball all the time. Like is, is five years enough of a sample to say, Hey, this can work, but it can only work to such an extent. Um, well, I mean, uh, yeah, I think you always have to evaluate that stuff and you always have to evaluate your talent and your roster and say to yourself, you know, what do we think gives us the best chance to win against anybody and everybody we play or, you know, maybe bigger picture, what gives us the chance to win a championship? Um, you know, and, and I think it all starts with Lamar, you know, obviously they haven't signed him to the new deal, but if they sign him to the new deal and say, this is our guy. You know, it starts there to go, okay, we got this guy. Now we have to build around and say, you know, what makes him special? Why did we want to sign him to this, you know, this huge deal? Well, this is why, because he does this and he does this or, or, or whatever those things are. And you have to play to his strengths. Uh, I, I'm always going to believe that no matter how you normally play offense, your quarterback is going to have to win games in the pocket to win a championship. I, I just, I fully believe that. I haven't seen it any other way. I haven't seen just an athletic quarterback that, you know, that, that runs more than he throws, you know, win a championship. I haven't seen that stuff consistently. And so ultimately it comes down to teams taking away what you do well and you having to win other, other ways or be so good at what you do well that nobody can take it away. And we all know that's hard. And so ultimately I think it's going to come down to them playing more conventional football in key moments um, 
and, and doing it really, really well. And so what does that mean? Does that mean Lamar in the pass game has to evolve and, and, and get better to be able to play like that? Does that mean they have to get different pieces in on the outside um, to help them do that? And, and, and I think the other question, you know, I remember talking to the receivers a couple you know, years ago, uh, you know, it's a different mindset to be a receiver for the Ravens than it is anywhere else in the league. And so, you know, if you're going to come here, you know, how do you attract those, you know, the, the, those big-time free agent players that have been really good in this league? And, again, you could draft them, right? You can draft a, you know, a big-time receiving, uh, you know, wide receiver from, from the draft and get them here. But to entice those guys to come, I mean, obviously it's enticing to play with Lamar Jackson, but when you're going to go somewhere – and catch a hundred and some balls as opposed to going somewhere and catching 40 balls, it's not nearly as enticing because it doesn't, you know, lend itself to a, you having the production B you being able to sign the big contract, all of that stuff. So I think those are all so interesting when you have to ask those questions and you have to figure out, you know, who our quarterback is because we have to play to his strengths, but what ultimately is going to allow us to win a championship um, and, and how do we evolve to become the best of all of that? Kurt, while you were answering that, my mind uh, about the quarterback needing to be able to play in the pocket, my mind was wandering off to the, the couple times I've seen Caleb Williams play, mm. uh, the Heisman Trophy winner. Have you seen him that much? And because what you were describing, he seems like he's got certain qualities that Lamar has, but much better just real pocket sense and, and true quarterback play sense. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I haven't watched a lot of, I don't watch a lot of college other than you know, my boys play college. Yeah. So I, I watch that and then I, I watch as I get ready for the draft. So I haven't, I can't sit here and say, I know everything about Caleb and, and, and what he is. You know, I've, I've obviously watched him play and, and I understand exactly what you're saying. He's got, you know, he, he's got that movement and athleticism and, and that wiggle to bank some plays. Uh, but really well inside the pocket, throws the football really well. Um, you know, but, but again, I think the dynamic with players like that become how athletic are they? And, you know, and, and again, it's a relative term, right? Because these guys are great athletes. But are they Lamar great athletes? And so what I mean by that is that it changes the complexion of everything, that if you really like your run game and what you're doing, Lamar is such a huge part of that because he can give you 15, 17 runs a game, um, and, and he can be so explosive with it. Having a guy that is a good athlete but not nearly the same as Lamar Jackson changes everything in your – I mean, you know, look at Tyler Huntley. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it's kind of the same kind of thing. He's a good athlete, but he's nowhere near Lamar. So you have to change the way you call offense without Lamar there. Now, yeah, it, you know, maybe Caleb is, you know, more seasoned as a, as a pocket passer – than Lamar and gives you more in that regard, but you're going to lose something where you gain something. And again, that, that becomes the whole thing with all of these teams. When they decide who their quarterback is going to be, they have to decide what do we have and what don't we have? You know, how do we build this thing? And with what we have, is it enough if we build it the right way to win a championship? And that is ultimately the question you have to ask about every franchise quarterback and every organization has to ask, is there enough in this quarterback to give us a championship? If we answer yes, okay, then it's how. How can he do that? And then you've got to build around the how so you have him in his best position to, 
you know, to play to his highest potential and, and, and give you that championship that you believe he can. Really thoughtful answers, That's Kurt. why you're yeah. the best. Kurt Warner, I know we need to let you go because we kept you long, but I always want to try to, to promote the wonderful things that you do, yeah. in, including the treasure. I mean, my, my God, you are truly an American icon at this point, but the work that you do for, uh, for, for kids that need a place to be, can you remind everybody about what it is that you do with your foundation and all that wonderful thing, all those wonderful things? Yeah. Yeah, our newest foundation, uh, Treasure House, as you mentioned, is a community living facility for young adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. Um, you know, kind of came into fruition because my son suffered a traumatic brain injury when he's four months old and, you know, needed a place to be able to, to thrive and work and have community and all that, but, but couldn't be fully independent. So we created our first Treasure House. It's in Arizona. It's full. And uh, we're in the process of uh, you know, trying to, to pay off that building and then build them around the country for other families like ours. So if anybody's interested, been touched uh, in any way by this or wants to get involved and, and help us across the country, just go to treasurehouse.org um, and find out about what we're doing. But it's really a, a game changer for families like ours. So I appreciate you guys giving me the opportunity to, an, to promote that a little bit. It's incredible what you do. Kurt Warner, always appreciate you, sir. Enjoy the game tomorrow. Merry Christmas to you, your family. Thank you for taking the time for us. You got it. Thank you, guys. The Hall of Famer, Kurt Warner. By the way, he referenced his sons. We saw his son, EJ, play Temple, play quarterback for Temple against Navy earlier this year. And his son, Cade, of course, made some big catches in the Big 12 championship game for Kansas State against TCU. So we've seen a good bit of Kurt Warner's sons uh, this season in college football. Today's show also brought to you by, or just a reminder that you can get the best offers for signing up for sports betting right now. By going to PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, PressBoxOnline.com slash offers, including $200 in free bets from DraftKings after you place your first $5 bet or $1,000 in risk-free bets from BetMGM. Again, PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. We'll come back in. Young Utes, Michael's, uh, Michael's, Mike, oh, Michael, Micah's final Young Utes. And then, unfortunately, he tragically passes. It's just the way that it goes. We'll miss him, but uh, there's no way around it. That's next, Glenn Clark Radio. Join the Maryland Jockey Club at Laurel Park for Christmas Tide Stakes Day on Monday, December 26th. An exciting day of live horse racing awaits you with a whopping six stakes races worth $600,000 in prize money. Plus, enjoy a specially curated stakes buffet, a delicious hot chocolate bar, and hot cider cocktails. It may be cold, but Laurel Park has plenty of horse racing excitement, food, and beverages to keep you warm. Don't miss Christmas Tide Stakes Day at Laurel Park. Visit laurelpark.com for more info. Come experience Maryland's number one sportsbook this NFL season at the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel, the ultimate place for any sports enthusiast. Take advantage of our 24-7 kiosks, massive video screens, and watch all the action from the best seat in the house. With more money paid out than anyone around, make every moment more at the new FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel in Hanover, Maryland. Please play responsibly. Gambling problem? Please call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit mdgamblinghelp.org. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com at glorydaysgrill.com. 
great food, good sports. That first sip. That first bite. Mm. Start your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. Stan the Fan here, welcoming back one of my favorite sponsors, the Costas Inn. And everybody around Baltimore knows the Costas Inn is a great place to go and grab crabs, steaks, salads, soups, whatever's on your mind to eat in person. But did you know that the Costas Inn has upped their game? They are now one of the premier takeout places in Baltimore. Give them a call now to order your food, 410-477-1975. That's the Costas Inn, over 4100 North Point Boulevard. Looking for a simple holiday meal? Try Chick-fil-A Catering. From Chick-fil-A nuggets to mac and cheese, enjoy a variety of tray options sized perfectly for your get-together. Order through the Chick-fil-A app and bring smiles to your family gathering. Availability and order requirements vary. See restaurant for details. Tune in to Simply the Bets every Tuesday and weekend at Bookies every other Thursday at 11.40 a.m. And if you really have nothing better to do, Keep listening to this show, too. Before we get out of here, we're going to have segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show with Devin DuVernay. And, of course, if you missed this one, you only have one more chance to get out for a Tyus Bowser Show before the season is over. Tuesday, January 3rd, we'll be back at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. Tyus Bowser Show is a partnership of PressBox and Great Eights Memorabilia. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialist, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. We will see you Tuesday, January 3rd at Guilford Hall Brewery in Station North for the Tyus Bowser Show. Uh, two things quickly. One, I'm getting some Brock or some Kurt Warner vibes from Brock Purdy. Getting some serious, like, somehow we all missed this. Also, there's a parallel, right? Like, uh, Kurt Warner went to northern Arizona. Brock Purdy was at northern Iowa. Brock Purdy was at Iowa State, right? Like, there's just something about... As I was watching last night, dude, that design on the fake to the left, fake to the right, George Kittle over the middle play last night, sublime. I mean, yeah. just sublime. Yeah. Got to have an offensive line that can protect for long enough. Somebody they dug up. They are one dangerous team right now. Mm-hmm. Extraordinary. I mean, they did that last I mean, night without Christian De- McCaffrey. They did it without Debo Samuel last night. Yeah, yeah. Like. It's unbelievable, unbelievable what they're doing. Uh, and then I just saw this uh, Kyle Barber from Baltimore Beatdown just shared this, and it jumped off the page at me. We've been talking about the difference that Ronnie Stanley makes this season. Mm-hmm. Ronnie Stanley's played in seven games this season. In those games, the Ravens are 6-1. and one. The offense has rushed for 1,275 yards in those seven games, 182 yards per game. Without Ronnie Stanley, they're 3-3, three and three, rushing for 128 yards he per should game. try and re, uh, renegotiate yeah, immediately, that contract right? correct yeah. it's unbelievable the difference he's made all right young utes let's find out for the final time from micah what it is that the young folks are talking the about final this time week. ever yeah he's gone you'll he's... never know what young people yeah think right again. exactly right wow. you'll never have any sort of connection to the youth after uh, this one young utes brought to you this week by the baltimore county police department of course, uh, still have your opportunity to drop off unwrapped toys and non-perishable food items through next Friday at any Baltimore County Police Department precinct. 
as well as a Glory Days Grill Towson. $10,000 signing bonus is available. If you're thinking about a career change, you want to maybe be the change that you have asked for with the local police, the Baltimore County Police Department is hiring. Join BaltimoreCountyPD.com. What's going on in the world of the young? So the first one is one of your favorites. You hold that a little bit closer to your map, please. Thank you, sir. All right. Uh, one of your favorites I know is just TikTok trends, just whatever's ah, booming on TikTok. You know me. I'm losing hours a day just watching people dance. on. By the way, my favorite TikTok of all time is whoever the comedian is that just found all the videos of people dancing at work. I don't know if you've seen this, but it's like McDonald's, then Hooters, then Foot Locker, then a construction site. All just filming TikTok. No, it's a jump cut. Like oh. he goes, he goes from the dance to him standing there as a customer. Like, <laughs> that's funny. It's such a good video. <laughs> yeah. So this trend, it's kind of wholesome. I highly recommend that you do it yourself. But the trend is, people will take like their kid or kids, whoever, just gather the family and give them sort of a free pass to say one word, like one bad word that they're not allowed to say. So, so it's all this, kids. It's children saying the F word or something like that? <laughs> like just the range of things they say. Because sometimes they'll say something like that, and then sometimes it'll be just like, I don't know. Butthole yeah, or booger yeah. or something or like dumb. that, right? Dumb yeah. was a pretty yeah. good one I saw. Okay. All right. You're but, stupid. Right. Yeah. Correct. It's just wholesome fun. I, I got to be honest to with you. Just hear what comes if you give them, if you say like there's no way you'll get in trouble, the next word's out of your mouth. Then they they've grown out of it for the most part, but when when they would call you a duty head, like that would oh. cut. It would cut, man. Like you would start feeling a certain way. What is the name of this trend or challenge? I don't or? know if it has like a name. What is, what is the point of it then? What are we doing here, dude? Thought, it's just it's just funny. So I'm just supposed to go tonight, line my kids up, and say you can say whatever you want. Do you know what would come out of their mouth? I, okay, maybe it could the, be something. Completely here's the funniest different. exchange we've ever had in my. I I will use the word. My wife was cooking one night, and she dropped something, and she yelled out, oh, shit, all right? (laughs) To which my (laughs) seven-year-old said, Mom, you're not supposed to say, oh, shit. (laughs) 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 Then, which my five-year-old said, Graham, you just said, oh, shit. (laughs) It was... Like a scene out of a movie. It's like the Spider-Man meme, just all put. Like all that of them. Very funny. I was dying. Was so You're the funny. only one that didn't. Say I was it. the only one that didn't say. I'm like, yeah. boys, none of us are supposed to oh, say shit. that. Oh shit! No, yeah, they're all correct. saying it. Correct. God, it was <laughs> so funny. Has it been man. said since? I, not to my knowledge. There, I, there, we have had incidents. How about when you arrived in Wisconsin for yeah, that game yeah, in right? Chicago? Yeah, about two plays in, I said. Yeah. Oh, oh, shit. shit. Um, the only other incident we've ever had with something they took from home, I, like a lot of men, enjoy outdoor urination. I just per- enjoy it. I prefer it, frankly. <laughs> I would rather pee outside than pee inside. And of course, at my house, we got a lot of space. We live on a farm. Oh, so I thought you meant just watching. It. No, no, no. no. I would prefer to the... urinate out. And I know I'm not alone. There's a yeah. lot of us that just like we get home. Instead of going inside to go to the bathroom, we just go right ahead and, and pee outside. That's the way that I am. And my sons picked up on that at a young age. And that wasn't a problem until I got the call from their preschool that my now five-year-old uh, thought that he could do that on the playground outside. And so then I had to... <laughs> Stop P 
being outside. Then, so just, you, then you said, oh. Yeah, oh, oh shit. <laughs> right. It's just a personal preference thing. Yeah, that's all it is. All it is. Number two. Uh, so next, uh, this rapper I'm sure you're very familiar with, Gunna. Uh, he's out of jail? Yeah. How did that so happen? He was on... I thought it was racketeering. Like, racketeering, you're done. You're cooked. It was a RICO charge. For yeah. Like, for, like, gang activities, including, like, murder, armed robbery, Yeah, it doesn't battery. seem like the type of guy that nothing, I necessarily... Nothing too serious. Yeah, so <laughs> right, he got... Right, thankfully. He got a five-year sentence for RICO charges, but they didn't really specify... There were, like, 60 people who got arrested. They didn't really specify, like, who, who did had what, what charges. Yeah. But he's out now for like a plea deal that includes 500 hours minimum of community service but i hope you don't say home confinement because there's no way that's a problem if you're gonna like (laughs) imagine them being like well you're gonna have to stay at home and he's like no yeah that's probably really that's probably like what he wants to do yeah that would be terrible if that were the case young thug is still in jail oh damn it it was kind of Known to be the leader of YSL. Stan, I'm I'm sorry. We're not going to be able to go to that Young Thug concert that you wanted to go to in December. I'm I'm just so sorry. It's not going to work out. Stan's been bugging me all year. I always thought with a name like that, there was a high probability of him being behind bars. We're going to find out. Stan's been asking me all year long. Old Thug. Right, yeah, that guy. (laughs) Stan's been saying, Glenn, we're going to see Young Thug, right? And I was like, yeah, of course, Stan. He's my favorite. You've been saying that for a long time, but I guess we're not going to be able to make it, which is a real bummer. Unfortunately, not going to work out. And then number three. Uh, This one has... This better be good. It's your final Young Ute topic ever. This better... You better have built up to the Uh, most important Young Ute topic. I really think this has got a future as a as a personal podcast yeah. i think you could make i think you could monetize a it. young youth's podcast yes. but yeah. it's all going to depend on how under press the, box. it all depends on how significant no, it has this nothing one is. to do with press box <laughs> <laughs> stan bailed on that really quickly <laughs> i think it's a great idea though <laughs> i thought, I thought that was a verbal box. contract that we were just going over uh this one's really shaken the college level of the young world um people across the country have been talking about it um the world-famous internet radio host from Glenn Clark Radio, a.k.a. Mike of the Mike, oh, Ernest, oh, okay. I was, uh, is ending his career. Oh, this is story number <laughs> three? Oh, young this, oh, this story is career. story number Very three? People have been talking about it. Yeah, everybody's been... People have been talking Is there a hashtag? R.I.P. Micah or yeah. something like that? Hashtag remember the Mike. Remember That's the Mike. That's what it is. Uh, Micah, thank you for your hard work all semester. We, you still, I think you Good still job. have one more assignment before we let you go. I just gave you a TikTok oh, yeah. you have to make. yeah. Uh, Mike has been running our TikTok account and uh, has been doing a great job with that and hosting some of our videos over there. And uh, he's really uh, we've we've loved having Micah around. We're rooting for you. We remind everybody it's Micah.Ernest on Instagram. Yes, sir. Imagine he might stop in at some point in the future, say hello. Would love to. But uh, appreciate all of Micah's hard work all semester long. Thank you, pal. Good job. Of course. Man. Good job. All right, let's get a tidbit. Tidbit. Oh, what? John Colson has a descending opinion. John. <laughs> John. <laughs> Oh, ah. man, what more could you ask for than a couple of Royal Farms cards? Remember when you thought you were getting that $5,000 yeah. check the other day? This is way this better. This is way better than a $5,000 check. Six you can chicken. And gas prices gas. have gone down recently. Yeah. Sure. So now this this is good for at Jeez. least one. Western fries. <laughs> this can get you one tank of gas and some Western fries yeah. now. Incredible. 100%. Well, th- that's very nice of you, John Colson. Yeah, thank you. Most worshipful grandmaster. Thank you, Micah. Great job all semester long, pal. 
All right, Tidbit, brought to you today by Glory Days Grill, which is where everybody's headed when we finish up today's show. Be wandering over to Glory Days Grill to try the uh, twisted ribs and wing combo. Maybe meat the, uh, tornado. The meat, that's right, the meat yes. tornado. The winter spinach salad, the citrus salmon, the mac and cheese bites, perhaps the bourbon butter cake. Oh, my God. It's the winter so spinach salad? Good. Oh, okay. I thought it was the picture above it. <laughs> no, that's not understand. a yeah. spinach salad. Yeah. That's definitely wings and ribs. Okay. Uh, yeah, this, that's the winter spinach salad. <laughs> you can pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Get your order in, glorydaysgrill.com. Or if you want to make a, a celebrity sighting, wander over to Glory Days Grill in Towson right now, where Micah will be standing by to uh, sign about, personal inscriptions. Yeah. My uh, fans are lined up. I can see them. Correct. That's where we're headed, Glory Days Grill. What you got? Uh, all right. So last night, Brock Purdy joined one other quarterback as the only QB since 1950 to have a passer rating of 115 or more in each of their first two career starts. Their first two career starts, 115. Kurt Warner. Not Kurt Warner. I mean, it doesn't seem like it's that far off, yeah. though. Uh, Lamar Jackson, he had a great it start is, against it Miami. Not, it is oh, not no, Lamar he started. Jackson. He started the previous season. Never mind. Sorry, Joe uh, Montana. Not Joe Montana. He is. He is still in the league. Damn. Oh, he's still in the league. Yes. Still in the league. Uh, Aaron Rodgers. It is Aaron Rodgers. It is Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and Brock Purdy, the only two. One hundred fifteen plus. And I think Aaron Rodgers is almost as good as Brock Purdy. Like, yeah. might prove <laughs> that yeah. almost. Eh, eh, I'd still give the slight edge to Brock Purdy. Remember, I was told not to start Brock Purdy last night. Well, he's. I mean, he's still, he had like a. I guess he. I guess he was startable. Well, he's definitely was startable. Aaron Rodgers. Him or Aaron Rodgers. One hundred percent. Those are my choices. I went with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, I got a longer one. Do you want it or was that? Uh, I mean, it's twelve oh eight. We. All right, we're good. We'll just leave it with okay. that. Thank you. Good job. Good job, Griffin. <laughs> can it can it be saved for next week? Yes, or? it can. Okay. Yeah. All right. Very good. I think it's How an evergreen didn't one. Get how come he didn't get any of the Royal Farms cards? Well, we're not killing him off. We're killing <laughs> oh. Mike. As a character, we're killing oh. Mike off. By the way, wait till you see how we do it. Oh, man. I got something written for how I'm we're scared killing. to go to glory how days. we're <laughs> killing Mike off. Yeah, maybe you should that drive. That meat tornado? Uh, we are uh, Griffin is sticking around for another season of Glenn Clark, right? <laughs> you know, unlike Micah. Uh, Tubular is brought to you by your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. The Toyota Tacoma comes in a range of models and trim lines, so you can choose the perfect Tacoma to reflect your unique personality and driving habits. Check out buyatoyota.com for deals on new Tacomas from your local Toyota dealer today. Uh, interesting uh, tonight, the Division Three football championship, the Stag Bowl, is at Navy Marine Corps Memorial Stadium in Annapolis. It's Mount Union taking on North Central from Illinois, 7 o'clock on ESPNU for that one. Bowl games get underway. Actually, the first one is already underway, the Bahamas Bowl, Miami, Ohio, UAB. And Over. Then, okay. And then t- uh, Texas San Antonio, Troy, uh, actually a top 25 matchup. UTSA. There you go. This afternoon, 3 o'clock on ESPN. Bowl games continue tomorrow. Throughout the day on both ESPN and ABC, Cincinnati, Louisville at 11 a.m. on ESPN, uh, Florida and Oregon State, 2.30 on ESPN, uh, Rice and Southern Miss at 5.45, uh, North Texas and Boise State at 9.15 on ABC, Washington State, Fresno State at 3.30, SMU, BYU at 7.30. Tomorrow, of course, NFL triple header, Colts, Vikings at 1, then Ravens, Browns at 4.30. It's on both NFL Network and locally on WBAL. Dolphins, Bills tomorrow night in the uh, blizzard at 8.15. Towson Hoops tomorrow at Northern Iowa at 1 o'clock. TowsonTigers.com for that. 
And Sunday, uh, the World Cup final, France and Argentina, 10 a.m. They are playing a third-place match tomorrow on Fox. Uh, it's uh, Croatia and Morocco. And then France and Argentina, 10 a.m. on Fox. Local NFL games on Sunday, Cowboys-Jaguars at 1 on Fox. CBS has Steelers-Panthers at 1, Bengals-Buccaneers at 425, NBC for Giants-Commanders at 820. UMBC hoops home on Sunday, 1 o'clock against William & Mary. Mount St. Mary's at home at 2 against Robert Morris. Everything else, GlennClarkRadio.com. Anything non-sports-wise that stands out? Uh, it's a bit of a bit of a slow weekend. Um, the Recruit is a new series on Netflix. Got Noah Centineo. He's like a CIA lawyer. I um, did see this. I don't, yes. I'm not familiar. Yeah. And I'm not who's, sure. Who's Noah Centineo? He's, he was the kid uh, that was like in every single Netflix like high school yeah. teen oh, okay. movie. Probably not uh, something yeah. that I would But now he's playing like a, he's got the serious role. Now, uh, which is okay. kind of interesting. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, also on the CW is the 90th annual uh, Hollywood Christmas Parade with Danny Trejo. Sure. That's on the CW. Sure. I mean, Saturday Night Live. <laughs> oh, Austin Butler's hosting. Yes, Austin night. Butler and, with... And uh, more, more Lizzo, because yep, Lizzo. we can't get enough of her no, in this country. No, we can't. Is any shot Young Thug will be No, nah, I don't think Young <laughs> no, Thug's yeah, going to make it. Thug, to, yeah, yeah, not this week, at least. I know. Stan is really brokenhearted about the Young Thug situation. Well, yeah, it was. I'm very anxious to know what's going on. <laughs> with oh, it's it's crazy, Stan. Um, and uh, it, more of the it's a big weekend for the CW. I the iHeart Radio get, Jingle Ball. Get to the stuff. Is there something that matters? Or uh, not? More Yellowstone, um, and then the 1923 series premiere. This is what Harrison Ford I think was promoting earlier oh, okay. in the week. 1923. He is uh, he, the, the the Duttons are facing a set of challenges. They're trying to move out west. I got. I'm, I'm kind of like Yellowstone. I, I know think. Yellowstone's amazing. I just haven't. Yeah, neither have I. I know. I, I feel bad about it because everybody else in the world watches Yellow. Yeah, I Yellow can't Star get into it. Yeah, so the 1923 has uh, Harrison Ford and Helen Mirren. Um, oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. That's pretty loaded. That's on Paramount. Damn. God, that's amazing. All right, find everything else, glennclarkradio.com. Stan the Fan, uh, you will be doing a show on Monday? Yes, we have Meredith Wills will be our Dr. Meredith Wills. She's an expert on the physics of the baseball and all that. We've okay. had her on before. Thursday night, we will have Gary Stein and I are going to be joined by Emily Agata, who's I'm, sort of Emily. from the Craig Willinger mm -hmm. Fund. Uh, it was very interesting. She sent out a press release about it. And, of course, her sister, Joanna, was a significant other of Craig Willinger. Mm -hmm. uh, and they're both part of the Craig Willinger Fund, which sends young people with cancer to their soccer dream mm -hmm. match. Uh, but I did not know of the relationship between... Grant Wall and the charity yep. and Craig Willinger. Yep, yeah, no question. Of course, Grant was here in Baltimore for a number of years and got very While involved. While his wife was yep. at Hopkins, Absolutely. right? Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. All right, uh, of course, at Stan the Fan on Twitter is how you find him, and he'll be on tomorrow morning with the guys on the bat around. When we come back in, I'll give the thank yous out, and then we will get segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show with Devin Duvernay. This is Glenn Clark Radio. Oh. One more oh, Tyus oh, Bowser. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. One, one more Tyus Bowser Show yes, coming up January on 3rd? January 3rd, right. 3rd January at 3rd. the Hamilton. No, that's at uh, Guilford Hall Brewery. Guilford, I apologize. Absolutely. No Guilford worries. Hall Brewery. Very good. Now this. Gambling can be a fun and entertaining experience, but there are risks involved. If you're planning on betting on the game at the casino or on your phone or computer, know your limit, stay within it. Set a budget and a time to stop. Remember, gambling isn't a financial solution and it doesn't mix well with alcohol or drugs. Know the risks and have a plan before you begin gambling. For free and confidential services, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org. That first sip. 
That first bite mm. starts your day off right with a delicious breakfast at Royal Farms. Choose from a fantastic selection of fresh Royal Farms breakfast sandwiches and top it off with a rich hot cup of the freshest coffee in the world. At Royal Farms, breakfast is available day and night. It's the freshest breakfast in the world. Real fresh, real fast. Royal Farms. What's up, everyone? This is Tyus Bowser, and I'm excited to tell you that I'm back with season two of the Tyus Bowser Show in partnership with Pressbox and Great Ace Memorabilia. Join us on Tuesday nights throughout the season as I'll be heading all over town with my special guests. And of course, our co-hosts, Glenn and Rita. What is it, Rita and Glenn? What is it? I look forward to meeting you guys and talking a little bit about football and a lot about life. And if you happen to miss the show, you can now catch a replay Friday nights on 1057 The Fan. Get all of your details for the Tyus Bowser Show right now at PressBoxOnline.com slash Bowser. The next Tyus Bowser Show is Tuesday, January 3rd at Guilford Hall Brewery, 1611 Guilford Avenue in Station North. It's brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists and the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill. Sports betting has come to Maryland, and we're ready to help you win some money. Tune in for Simply the Bets every Tuesday morning at 11.40. FanDuel Sportsbook GM Leon Twyman and VEASAN's Aaron Oster join the guys every week to give you all of the info you need and offer you a few winners. And every other Thursday at 11.40, tune in for Weekend at Bookies as Andrew Stecka and Alloy Sports Brad Cronthal help make you some money for the weekend. So come win some money with us on Simply the Bets every Tuesday and Weekend at Bookies every other Thursday. Brought to you by the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland. Listen at PressBoxOnline.com slash radio. Watch at YouTube.com slash PressBoxOnline. The weather outside is really unpleasant, so it's time to warm up with some comfort classics this winter at your neighborhood Glory Days Grill. Try the twisted ribs and wings combo. It's two full pounds of meat, the mac and cheese bites, Mr. Richard's meatloaf, the citrus salmon, the winter spinach salad, and for dessert, here's internet radio personality Griffin Bass to tell you about the bourbon butter cake. Oh my god, it's so good. Pair it with a blood orange bourbon cider or a devil's backbone cranberry smash. Place your order now at glorydaysgrill.com glorydaysgrill.com Great food, good sports. Check out Jeremy Kahn's daily picks at PressBoxOnline.com as he tries to find you daily winners. And speaking of winners, here's a man who once won a media curling contest. And I don't think anything else. He's Glenn Clark. And you can use those picks when you go sign up. PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. Take advantage of $200 in free bets from DraftKings after placing your first $5 bet or $1,000 in risk-free bets from BetMGM. Again, PressBoxOnline.com slash offers. The all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill is the perfect ceramic home grill or tailgate for both baking, searing, smoking, grilling, all kinds of food. Use the code TAILGATE. Save $100. GinsuGrills.com. Thanks to Stan the Fan for hanging out with us today. Thanks also to Gerard Cherry. Thanks to Bo Smolka. Thanks to New Towson football coach Pete Shinnick. Thanks to the Hall of Famer Kurt Warner. We'll get all of it up in the greatest hits section of the Oh my God, it's so good. Tab at GlennClarkRadio.com. I love it. Uh, <laughs> maybe we just do that moving forward. Proctor told me to do that yesterday. I really love it. I <laughs> genuinely love that. God. Now that I know it's from Proctor, though, I, I think I hate it. You can never do I it again. Yeah, right? Why would you ever say that? Thanks a lot, Griffin. <laughs> um, uh, Monday, Steve Weish is going to join us, right, from Correct, NFL yes. Network. Steve he Weish. is uh, going to be working the broadcast tomorrow for Ravens, Browns, and, of course, Stuff and Things on Monday's program. 
All right, thanks to everybody at PressBox, all of our great sponsors and partners, including the Baltimore County Police Department, Problem Gambling, Glory Days Grill, Royal Farms, the Casa Sin, Maryland Jockey Club, Baltimore Area Chick-fil-A Restaurants, Great Eights Memorabilia, the FanDuel Sportsbook at Live Casino and Hotel Maryland, the Maryland Vascular Specialists, the all-new Ginsu Kamado Grill, UMBC Athletics, your local Toyota dealer, buyatoyota.com. Thanks to Micah. Good luck, Micah. Micah.Ernest on Instagram. Uh, thanks to Griffin. Griffin underscore Bass on Twitter. Follow us, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, at least until they ban it. At Glenn Clark Radio is how you follow us. Have a great weekend. Um, go local hoops teams. Go Ravens. Duke sucks. Ohio State sucks, too. We wrap up the week with segment number three of the Tyus Bowser Show featuring Devin Duvernay. Welcome back into the Tyus Bowser Show with Press Box and 105.7 The Fan. We are live at the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill on Hartford Road. Rita and Glenn, Tyus Bowser, Devin Duvernay. Rita, you uh, were just telling me about how you just enjoyed some lamb chops. They were lambing. Those lamb chops were lambing, baby. Shout out to Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill for those lamb chops. <laughs> I mean... That's I'm telling y'all. That's it's about the highest praise that you can give to something. Nice. Those lamb chops with lambing at the <laughs> Hamilton Sports Bar and at Grill. Today's show also brought to you by Maryland Vascular Specialists. Their team way. of surgeons is Maryland's leaders in ethical arterial procedures. All right, so let's, let's do it. Let's deal with it. How the hell did this even start last Marlin. week? Marlon. Always starts with Marlon, doesn't always. it? It always starts with Marlon. That's the first. That's the first time I seen it was a tweet with Marlon. I was like, "What has Marlon got this, got to say now?" But it seems like it became a legitimate debate that was occurring. <laughs> was there actual conversation about this beyond just Marlon yelling and tweeting and all that? Not that I heard of. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, not that I heard of. So it just took on a life of its own because yeah, of Marlon. Pretty much. Yeah. That's the way pretty that it much, works. Yeah. All right. So what's the answer? Of course, the question, for those that don't know, one gorilla versus 100 humans. In a fight, who's winning? If you want the generic basic answer, I'm going to say 100 humans, but there's always things that go into it, like what humans? Yeah, do we have weapons? Do we... Not even do you have weapons, but like... What kind are these of older people? Are these are these like people who just work in a normal job? Are these actual fighters and navy men? You know what yeah. I'm saying? You got all different types of people that you could have to be like. We what if all right? Them. Let's 100 Tyus Bowsers. 100 <laughs> Tyus Bowsers, definitely. You're taking the 100. I'm taking a 100. 100 Glenn Clarks or a gorilla? Now I don't know. Yeah, man. I don't know. Man. I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, friend. I don't know. One of y'all might make it. That might be it. So it will be a soul survivor type of situation. Soul survivor, yeah. <laughs> uh, Devin, where do you uh, find yourself on the one gorilla, 100 humans debate? I mean, like Ty said, it depends like to what extent. What 100 human, Devin but, Duvernay's. But yeah, I'm going to grow with 100 humans. <laughs> but they all, they all not going to make it out, but I'm going to grow with 100 humans. Uh, gorillas are terrifying, yeah, though, I know, bro. I agree. Like, I don't think I feel good about our chances. Again, that's a hundred people. That's a lot of people. That's a lot it of is people. though. Of, but to Tyus's point, there's a lot of dumb people. Like I feel like if, if it's a random group of people, at least thirty-seven of them are gonna rule themselves out pretty quickly. But that, <laughs> but that's what that's what makes it. That's what gives the hundred people the advantage because those people are gonna be wiped out, and then you defend the herd. Every, yeah, and then you're gonna right. let everybody else attack while they. Yeah, using right. as bait, pretty much. Yeah. Besides yourself, who is your first pick of any teammate in your draft of your hundred human war? 
I'm gonna say Justin Matabike. Massive man. Massive man that's like t- he's terrifying. Naturally strong, yeah. Right. Yeah. What about you, Devin? You said first pick of what? We're doing a draft uh-huh. for your hundred humans. Oh, You're okay, human okay, number okay. one. Uh-huh. You got to draft human number two to go take on the gorilla. It's got to be a teammate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably Broderick Washington. I mean, oh, by the way, that dude's playing. That was like my crazy number three too right now, right? That was, yeah, that was my number three. That's a pretty good choice. I was but just think, is a good, a good I was thinking well. Fa Lele just because, like, yeah. what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? With that? <laughs> He's about as big as one, huh? Right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. even Calais. What exactly yeah. are you gonna do with it? Calais gonna talk to him, be like, hey man, <laughs> hey man, hey, let's talk about this man. One hundred percent, bro. Let's try to figure this out, hey man. It's gonna be wild when afterwards. It's like he's posing with the gorilla. Yeah, like we exactly. worked out our issue. Exactly. You know, he man of the year. So he gonna, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So he's going to talk to him. Yeah. He's going to try to bait him. Give try him to negotiate little, or something. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's why we're sending Calais, actually. We're choosing to send Calais in first. Absolutely. When we deal with this war, this inevitable war between man and gorilla, we're going to send Calais in first because we're convinced he can negotiate our way out of the man versus girl. Exactly. Exactly. That's it right there. This is a straight shit. So, of course, we've been talking about how betting is legal now in the state of Maryland. Before it was legal, everybody had to go to these, like, offshoot websites. One of these websites legitimately had, you could bet American dollars on who will win the next human versus alien war. Oh, my God. And I got to be honest with you. I was a little confused as to why the humans were the favorites in that matchup. Here's the thing, though. Glenn... Bet so much uh, no, that I bet no, I no. bet you that he thought not. about putting ten dollars on that <laughs> yeah, bet. Do the read. Do the. Where's the read? <laughs> yeah, this you can direct that one to me. Direct that. Betting did, online. Did you or, or did you not? Let, let, let tie, this is good. But there are risks involved. If you're betting, set your limit and stay within it. <laughs> set a budget and a time to stop. If you need help, call one eight hundred Gambler or go. <laughs> Or go to helpbygamblingproblem.org. I promise you I'm not there. I promise you. Are you, you. sure? I promise you. I'm just letting you know. I'm just reading this out just, I just to make sure. That. Thank you, Tyus, yeah, for that. Man, it's friendly advice that you're offering, of and course, I appreciate bro. it. You know I got you. I promise you. <laughs> you know I got you. That is not the case. Because right, I'm, like, I'm, I'm telling you he'd do it. I'm telling I, you. I, I have the same way that someone might enjoy a beer, someone might enjoy other things that are now legal in the state of Maryland recreationally. Are you okay. betting that you could chug that beer faster than somebody else where you're, you're paying money? Or, I have. I oh definitely have bet something yeah, I like can, that. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I now, see wait now. a second. This is... You're telling me you guys have never bet on a Ukrainian ping pong match? Really? See what I'm saying? Who among us hasn't see what bet I'm on saying? a Ukrainian ping pong match? Raise it! Everybody has bet on a Ukrainian ping pong match, right? Thank you, John Cole. John, there we go. My man right here. He just wanted to make sure you wasn't by yourself. (laughs) That was it. (laughs) I wish I was lying about that part, by the way. (laughs) Uh, We were talking before the segment started about uh, the holidays. We had This Christmas was playing in the background. And, Tyus, you were vibing with it. Yeah. You're into, like, you were mad at me because I decorated too early. But you're now into like the holiday spirit. You're all in Christmas. Yeah, it's December now. So it's December, g- we're like, what, a week or two away yep. from Christmas? This is the perfect time. Exactly. So it sounded like the other side of the table was not quite as in to the holiday spirit. Yo, you was, in ho- you was, you was getting ready for no, no, Christmas I, the I, day I, after Thanksgiving. Tonight, it sounded like our friends Devin and Rita 
they were still kind of grinching it up a little bit over there. That's it's, not fair because it, I'm not a Grinch. And then on top of that, the Grinch didn't like Christmas. He, it's not that he didn't like Christmas. He just didn't like people. And I understand that. <laughs> I can understand. I can understand that too, though. You know what I'm saying? I can understand Thank that too. Because sometimes I be tired of people. Yeah. So, and know? so I understood the Grinch. And guess what? That people are annoying. So he took away the stuff that they like. That was what that was. <laughs> Devin, are you into the holiday spirit at this point? Like, I mean, yeah, I am. But I guess back to what we were talking about. Uh, before this segment, I mean, it's just Christmas music. I guess I'm just you're out on Christmas music. I mean, yeah, I just never really been a fan Entirely. of entirely. I mean, I just not not that I don't like it. I just it's never struck my interest. Mm. Mm. But mm, this I mean, is, I'm sad for you, my friend. I love Christmas though. All right, give me your top. Like, what was the holiday tradition? Tyus, I'll start with you. Give me a holiday tradition, holiday tradition growing up that meant something to you significantly. I think for me growing up. One of the things we always did was kind of like get all of our family, like super close friends who, you know, they might be just friends of my mom, but I look at them as an aunt. And we all bring all, you know, our cousins, you know, our close people together and we just celebrate it together and open presents. We, you know, they cooking food and we watching different movies and stuff like that. Get so, a go-to Christmas movie. What is it? I'll probably say, um, I'll probably say Home Alone. I mean, come on. Come on. I'm it's perfect. Home Alone. It's yeah, perfect. I like it, man. My like kids it. watched Home Alone for the first time last Christmas, and I literally I got know they loved it, almost they? as much joy just watching them watch it yeah. for the first time, like just know. looking at their faces, yeah. watching him foil the wet bandits. Oh, like, they were wilding out, man, they like when that. I was five. That's cool. Like, they were freaking out about it. Devin, what about you? Is there a holiday tradition that meant something to you and your family? I mean, not necessarily. Just, I mean, just... Every kid, little kid's dream, just running down, opening presents under the tree. Something that always just stuck with me. I still remember those days like they were yesterday, just with my mom, dad, my brother. It's probably something, you know, that stuck out to me real well. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. That's cool. Were you the type that, like, was waking them up at 3 in the morning? And they were yeah, like, yeah, yo, Devin, go back to bed. <laughs> <laughs> it was definitely early. But, yeah, nah, good, good times. Good You're going to ruin. Santa hasn't come yet. You're going to ruin <laughs> it if you don't go to sleep. Like, that's the way that it goes. Holiday movie? You didn't? Yeah. Uh, never was big on Christmas movies. Either. Man, you are a Grinch, but I bro. do. But I mean, I like Home Alone was good, but we yeah, gotta get Devin in the even, holiday spirit I can't somehow. Think, I can't even think of him off the top of my head. Somebody, though. somebody's in charge of coming up here and singing for Devin or something. We gotta make his heart grow three sizes today. We gotta work on that. Give him a nice little Christmas carol at the house or something. Right? You know? I've always wanted. By the way, speaking of Home Alone, I've always wanted to put a band. Do a little. Get a little drunk. Get in the back of a U-Haul and go driving around singing Christmas carols to people. That doesn't sound like... No. Oh. I don't know about that one. <laughs> Maybe you, but nah. nah. One man island over here. I'm just over here. <laughs> one man island in my U-Haul. Betting on Ukrainian ping pong. Yeah, just buddy. Doing it. <laughs> By myself. It's funny. My friends used to do that. <laughs> All right. Um, before we wrap up this week, obviously, I want to I talk about just the feeling right now. Like, Cincinnati won't lose. Like, Annoying. It's insane how hot they are. Do you guys start to feel already like you're into playoff football already? Because like you know, if you lose a game, it might cost you to the division at this point. Yeah, man. It's, it's December football. That's something that we've always talked about. You know, when it comes to December, this is when it matters. This is when you, you know, solidify your spot. You know, going into playoffs. So, you know, this is a critical time, and these games matter a ton, regardless of who you're playing. And, you know, it's just that moment where, 
you know, guys just got to figure out a way to get a win, and that's all that matters at this point. Whether you win by one or you win by 50, it don't matter. So I can, I can definitely feel that, you know, watching the other games as well. Devin, are you at the t point yet where you're asking about, like, you guys win the game on Sunday? Are you even, like, asking somebody, hey, what happened with Cincinnati today? Like, are you at – are you at that point yet? I mean, not not exactly, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's December football, man. We, I mean, yeah, it'd be nice to see them lose, but I mean, the good thing about it, we control our own destiny. So, but yeah, like he said, man, just keep winning, you're good. Exactly, we keep winning, we're good. It don't matter if it's by one or by fifty. Like he says, it's just a matter of uh, you know getting the job done, whatever it takes, week in and week out. You know what is what four games left, and just make the most of it, man. Don't. Don't want to have any regrets. No doubt, man. No doubt. Yeah, so you guys are, are playing Cleveland on Saturday, and we know how the first game went. You won, won a close one. Tyus, you weren't there the first time. Um, but both teams are at different adversities, right? The Ravens potentially are playing their third-string quarterback, but the Browns' offensive line, to my understanding, is on their third center. Well, fourth center? I don't know which one it is. I, I don't remember. They're going, through centers. Yeah. They're going through centers the way I went through this water, basically, is what's happening. <laughs> so, you know, how, how do you consider that to be? They're, they're ailing right now, and I also think that Amari Cooper is dealing with some hip injuries and stuff. How do you capitalize also with the inexperience of Deshaun Watson with his team? Because, obviously, he wasn't really able to practice with them until, what, two weeks prior to him being able to play. How do you capitalize off of everything that they're going through? Because, clearly, they're going – even though the Ravens are going through their issues from a quarterback position, it appears that their issues are a little bit more greater. So, yeah. gives you an opportunity to take advantage of that. Yeah. I feel like, you know, the number one thing is controlling us and controlling what we can control. And – like dialing into the little details. So those little moments where if a ball does come our way, you know, taking advantage of that or, you know, certain situations like being able, like just this past week in the two minute situation, we would get an interception to where we cut them off from getting the field goal and a touchdown. Like those little things, you know, in those situations when you, when you trying to figure out different things as far as quarterback situation or receivers or whatever the case may be. You want to you wanna catch those little details and take advantage of those moments because those little things can turn into big things. So if we, if we take care of business, do our job, and not give them stuff, then that, that helps us out in that situation. How do you help out, uh, Devin, in terms of – Anthony and coming into this game playing this you know obviously you played this team already but this is a different circumstance because now this is a different quarterback and you know we, we've known that okay their run defense isn't that great this that, and the third but you know when they play the Ravens they're always going to play up you know they're always going to find a way to try to be better than what their statistics tell them to be so you know how do you help him get himself together for this because this is another big divisional matchup basically yeah, man, just keep his middle right, man. Just let him know that we got his back. Make sure us as receivers and, you know, as, as offensive players that we're in the right spot for him. Make things – just try to make things as easy as possible for him so, you know, he's not panicking. He's not, you know, out there struggling or uneasy out there, you know. So all we can ask is just we make the game easy for him and, you know, we just help him out as, as much as possible. You know, Ty, somebody came up here earlier tonight and they just – they had one, one request for you, and I'm going to – I'm going to repeat it. 
It was very simple. Please win the Super Bowl. <laughs> and I appreciate it. You said, I'm going to try. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to try. I'm but try. it all starts with this week and taking care of business this week. And no doubt. I mean, eventually, once you take care of business, before you know it, you're going to be in playoffs, before you know it, in the AFC championship. And Let's do it. A, you know, Let's do game it. At a game at a time, man. Love That's it, man. It. Love it. All right, would y'all make some more noise? Tyus Bowser, Devin Duvernay. Devin, I know you're not a big social media person these days. Uh, do, we even, do you even want to plug where people can follow you, Twitter, Instagram, anything like that? I know you're not doing a ton of it. I mean, yeah, I mean Instagram is uh, DDUV6, and I think Twitter, uh, DV underscore DUV21. So. Give him a follow there. Yeah. Really appreciate you coming out, hanging yeah, out with yeah, us no. tonight, man. It's Enjoyed a lot of fun. Thank it. you for doing this. Yep. We need to thank a lot of people, including uh, Ginsu Kamado Grill. Reserve your Ginsu Kamado Grill, the perfect ceramic tailgate or home grill for searing, grilling, baking, and smoking all kinds of food. Save $100 on your pre-order by using the promo code TAILGATE. Tyus, Merry Christmas, my friends. Merry Christmas. Um, we don't know yet about whether there's going to be another show. If there is, we'll let you guys know. We'd love to do one more. It would be awesome. Again, check out pressboxonline.com slash Bowser. We'll get you those details. Thank you to everyone who has joined us all season long. Merry Christmas to all of you guys. Thank you to the Hamilton Sports Bar and Grill, to Pressbox, to Great Eights Memorabilia, 105.7 The Fan, Ginsu Kamado Grill, Maryland Vascular Specialists. Rita, love you. Love you too, friend. At the NFL Chick on Twitter. Rita and I will be with you on Saturday after the game for the Baltimore Game Day Uncensored post-game show. For Tyus, for Rita, for Devin Duvernay, I am Glenn Clark. Oh, shout out to John Miller from uh, yeah, Carlisle. Thank you for your hard work all year as well. Merry Christmas, everybody. This has been the Tyus Bowser Show.